We are living in a world where we are overstressed, overworked, overmedicated, and we're allowing anxiety, fear, and depression to run our lives. It's time we take a different kind of prescription to help remove our pain and get us back to living with the energy, focus, and enthusiasm that we all want to have. Every week, I promise to bring you education, strategies, and deep discussions that will help you become more resilient and eradicate stress-induced depression from your life. My name is Ryan Caligiuri, and welcome to The Resilience Prescription. All right, let's kick this thing off. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to this week's episode. We're in uh, week 10 of uh, BJJ. So I always said once we hit week 10, I'm launching this bad boy on podcast format. So I'm super excited to launch it there and hit a brand new audience of people who haven't heard us yet. So uh, in any case, this is a shorter, smaller, shorter, smaller uh, group with the BJJ crew. Missing two guys today. So here with James, Sean from the Lab Factory, myself, Ryan Caligiuri, Create Your 8, Cut the Crap Show, and Manrico over here. We're down Arlen, down Steve, but... We keep going on. Doesn't mean we're not going to have a good debate still. So, today I want to talk about something that's been in the media a little bit more and uh, kind of brought it up. I wanted to chat about this because this one can go in so many different directions. But all the shootings that have been happening in uh, the United States, like obviously it hasn't just been happening recently, it's been happening for so long now. These mass shootings, <clears throat> we've been hearing about them so much, but just recently, would you have like this onion festival guy, uh, this one in... Um, uh, onion festival guy? I didn't hear this. Yeah, oh, garlic festival, sorry. Garlic festival. Yeah, what was it? It was... Uh, I'll, I'll list them all off for you really quickly. But it's so sad, man. Like, this is, it's happening so frequently. The three that just happened recently was this kid from like the garlic, like a garlic shooter, somebody in El Paso, somebody in Dayton. Like, man, it's like happening all over the place. So you're looking at all these people. Yeah. yeah. Really? Yeah, so you have all these like that was these young guys. Walmart, El Paso. The El Paso, El Paso is the Walmart. Yeah. yeah, so we're seeing a lot of these, these string of shootings, and uh, Trump comes out and he puts this quote out there that's just so quotable. He goes, "Mental illness and hatred pull the trigger, not the gun." Man, that sounds like directly from NRA. But it's that thought by itself to say it's mental illness. We have a mental illness problem here. That's the piece that I want to talk a little bit about and say, what is the problem? Like, why is it that we're seeing so many shootings happening in the United States today? What do we think the root cause is? Is the root cause mental illness? Uh, I personally, I think that it's just being able to easily access firearms. Realistically, that's it's if they made it just slightly more difficult, like I'm not even saying rule out, like I, I'm not even saying ban assault weapons, ban high magazines, ban all these things. I don't think they should ban anything. I think they, they should, should be able to buy, listen, I, I think you should be able to buy a rocket launcher for fuck's sake. Get out of here, why would you say buy that? a tank, whatever no. you want. But, but, here, but here's the thing. I think that there should be a somewhat lengthy process to get these things. But there is I don't think, I don't think they, you should be able to just go to a gun show Look at a gun and walk home with it. I don't think you can. That I is, think you can. I don't think you can. I, I, I definitely think you can. Yeah, in some states, it's well, pretty. That, that's states yeah. To get it. And, and you can go to a gun show and buy like fucking twenty guns. I think they. And then go that. and no man, that's like the whole. Every state is different. Yeah. Yeah. Every state is different. That, but I know it's in some states it's very easy to obtain a firearm. Very easy. As opposed to Canada, that you can't, you can't have a firearm unless you have a restricted firearms license, right? Yeah. And and that's a that's a process it's an application you have to take a course right if you live with anybody they have to sign off that they know that you have the gun it's not just so you, you know, say firearm but we're talking like 
handguns. We're not talking like assault rifles. Well, you no, can't, you can't. Right? Like, like, like assault rifles are different. Like, I, like you say we don't think we should ban. Yeah, you should. Like, I think you why? should. Because why do civilians need assault rifles? Why do civilians need rocket launchers? Why do we need tanks? Because they're cool. Bullshit, man. They're cool, but we don't. We don't need that. No, yeah. I. I, I yeah. So I, I actually I, 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 agree with Sean, but and I agree with you with what you're saying, how uh, easily available they are. That's right. the only thing. You should have to go through a process. You should have a pre-screening. You, you should, should have, have training. a very lengthy process to get a firearm. The, the process that it is right now is just unacceptably short. There's no screening. You can go in. I think there's almost, screening, Doug. I think there's screening. No, there isn't. There definitely that, that, That's part of the problem. You can literally just go to these gun shows and go buy a gun. Man. So with you what Google like us? you gotta Google yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, Google, Google that. Because Google, Google the rules and buying a firearm in, in places in the States. Because here's the thing. If people were actually forced to take like a two-day course, register your firearm, register the weapon here, have local law enforcement come to your house, inspect the premise of where you're gonna keep the weapon, all these kind of things, make people who want a firearm jump through a few hoops. Because realistically, do you need it today? No, you don't need it today. So if it took you a week or two weeks to get your AR-15 or whatever it is, make sure that when you go and you're, you're already a member at a club that goes to fire out of these firearms and you're, you have all the things in place and all of that's checked by local law enforcement before you actually obtain the firearm and you've taken a two-day course and all these other things, yeah, it would be annoying to have to go through that, but just like how you now go through an airport and it's annoying as fuck to have to take off your shoes and check everything in your bag. Everyone is more safer because of the annoyance. But if you employ some of that, I don't think you'd have to ban any kind of weapon. I honestly don't think you'd have to ban any kind of weapon. If you made it so that law enforcement had to come to your residence, make sure that your ammo is, is locked up separately from, from your firearm and that all of these, all of these different rules are in place. A lot of which we already have in Canada. If you had that, I, I find it very hard to believe that these, these mass shootings wouldn't decrease substantially. I, 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 one of the things that I love about this show is that, um, and when I launch it on podcast format, I want to hear the opinions of people who do know better than us on this. I would love to hear from somebody from the NRA to I say, to, to say, Ryan, you are full of shit. Sean, you're on point, and this is why. I would love to be put in my place on this because I think that I think they'd be even more in the opposite direction from me. I think they wouldn't want any regulations, but I, I could just do. Who knows? Who knows? Right. The challenge is it's, it's tough because it's a part of their what is it? It's their their Second Amendment, the right to second bear arms. Yeah, Second Amendment right. Right, and it's it's just so ingrained in the culture to have guns. My friend who lived in Winnipeg before, he moved down to uh, Irving, Texas. And I was joked with him, like, you gonna get a gun? He's like, Pfft. he's like, not a chance. I'm not gonna get a gun. He no, goes he down there, he's got multiple guns because yeah. his neighbors have guns, his friends have guns. And he's like, fuck, I gotta get a gun. And now he's got multiple guns. I'm like, get out of here. He goes, it's, Yo, I wanna get a sniper rifle, man. Oh, I wanna get a sniper rifle. Oh, man, excessive. Why do we need sniper rifles? Like, a handgun, I get it. Just for you fun. Say, but you know what's funny? The NRA said this before, where they said, yeah, oh, man, yeah, I can't believe I'm debating this one. They said, you know what stops bad guys with guns? Enough good guys with guns. And there was this, um, whatever, there was, there was this drawing, draw Muhammad contest. See, I, I, I don't, I don't, dis I, I don't agree with that statement. I don't think that so good guys so with guns stop bad guys with guns. Really? So, so let's debate that for a second. So, uh, in, in, I forgot where it was in Texas, but they had a Drum Muhammad contest, and uh, mm -hmm. they had some some radicals come up, oh, and goodness. yeah, and they thought it was really, really, you know, um, offensive to them. 
So these radicals came with a whole bunch of guns, came into the school or wherever it was, the community center, wherever they were, pointed some guns. You're in Texas. What do you think you're going to do? These guys were blown out of the water. Nothing happened. Not a gunshot went off from these guys that hit anybody else. No problem. There's a perfect case of enough good guys with guns will stop crazy people with guns. Well, but hold on a second. This El Paso shooting is in Texas. Yeah. The police responded within 30 seconds, which yeah, is like... And the guy was I'm, shot. And the guy was shot by an off-duty cop. And he still got 22. I think he hit 22. He hit 22 people and the police responded within 30 seconds. Mm -hmm. So it's crazy. It, it can't get any sooner of a response time than that. So to say that if all of a sudden good people had guns, I mean, there's still 20 people that are dead. Of course, but think about what would have happened if they didn't, if the guy wasn't there with a gun. Would have been even worse. It would have been well, I, mass casualties. I'm not 100% sure that, what, what, are you sure that that facts are right, that he was shot by an off-duty cop uh, that was there? I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't feel that that's right. Wasn't he taken into custody without being harmed? Let me see. Oh, by the police? I don't know, there's two back-to-back -back days. I, I'm pretty one sure was, that he wasn't harmed. One was killed. He just, the police just rolled up and he just pretty much submitted. So this yes. is the one, I think the lone gunman right. killed 22 people and injured 24. Uh, 26. El Paso, Texas is where I'm talking about. The place that should have the most cuts. I think you're right, Sean. I, it's the, you, you guys should be used to he that. Had a I think you're right, Sean. He had an AK-47. <laughs> I gotta go. Yeah, no. no. They, the store James, manager, the, so the store manager issued a code brown. Interesting. They're just talking about so an AR-15, which is one was used in a shooting um, in the states. In uh, sorry, I lost the article here. Uh, so it's a semi-automatic rifle. It's an AR-15. You can buy it in multiple states without a license. There you go. No, so this wasn't the one. This kid shot at the Walmart after the shooting. The suspect. The suspect drove to a nearby intersection where he identified himself as the shooter and surrendered to Texas Rangers and an El Paso motorcycle officer. So this wasn't this one. It was one of the other ones that... Uh, right, yeah, like, like, yeah they, like that El Paso, Texas, they, they responded to that incident. I, I'm pretty sure these facts are right. They responded to that incident within 30 seconds, under a minute. And, and he ended up surrendering or whatever, and 20 plus people still lost their lives. So to say that, oh, it just takes good people with guns, well... Fuck, I mean, like, it's, that doesn't solve the problem. It really yeah. just doesn't. Like, no. arming teachers, arming good civilians, arming people, it just doesn't rectify the issue that guns are just too readily accessible. So it was the Dayton shooter. The Dayton shooter, um, 10 people were killed, including himself, and 27 others were injured. 15 of the injured were shot by the gunman, who was killed by police within 32 seconds of the first shots. So it was the Dayton kid. And the Dayton kid was recently he did an autopsy and found that he had cocaine in his system too. But that was the guy that had that was 32 seconds. It wasn't the Walmart kid. It was the Dayton shooter. So that one was the one he was killed. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure El Paso responded like extremely quickly as well. I think that one was under a minute. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Um, but honestly, it doesn't matter the timing. Well, well I, think, yeah. I think it's an extreme. It, it matters extremely the timing because it, How? it's well, it's, it's no, irrelevant. No, no it doesn't about. change the fact that some guy still you know, did this, right? Well, but so, my point is, if a trade... Forget, okay, so you're saying a, a reasonable argument is to arm civilians. Good people... I'm, 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 no, 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 I, I'm, I, that's I'm not, that wasn't interested. my argument. That wasn't my argument. All I'm, I'm more saying interested was, in talking about the mental health side of this. We will, we will. Yeah. We'll get there. But what I'm saying is, is the, the argument is the NRA, not me. The NRA said that 
you know what stops a bad guy with guns? More good people with guns. And, that's and, the argument. And, and that's ridiculous because if a trained... So good guys with guns are just... You gotta think civilians with guns. They're never gonna be trained to the point of a police officer or, or some sort of right, right. Uh, some sort of law enforcement. So if law enforcement can show up to a situation within 30 seconds, you gotta think that that's roughly the same amount of time these good peoples with guns are gonna be around. Mm -hmm. So this is the thing that the reason why I want to focus on that too is, let's just say you know the United States moves in the direction of, let's just arm as many people with guns as possible because that might solve a right. problem. Enough good people with guns. Turn 18, you get it done. 30 seconds is also um, not the average. I think the average I, is between three and four minutes of response time. Sure, but regardless, regardless of that, it's, it's proven to be that it, it, these incidents aren't going to change whether or not somebody no. with a, somebody who's trained in this case with yeah. a gun to stop it. So yeah. let's just say, so to Sean's point here where he's saying, listen, like they're happening, the reason you're harping on the time, I get it. Yeah. Is because you're saying, listen, like 30 seconds is pretty freaking quick. So yeah. what the fuck is a whole bunch of people like you're gonna cut this down by five seconds? He, yeah. They still did mass amounts of danger. Yeah. No. Cool. Three seconds. Yeah. After three seconds. If you killed five people, that's five people that shouldn't have died, and that it doesn't matter. You could do it outside of police station. It's not yeah. Gonna exactly. Happen. Yeah. So then, if we go back to the whole argument of of mental health, if you arm more people with guns, what's not to say that if people have more guns in their hand. You know, they have a bad day at work, or their boss fires them, or they find out their boyfriend's cheating on them, or their girlfriend's cheating on them, and all of a sudden it's just, now we have a whole bunch of people with guns who never had guns before, and you know, the minute somebody gets a little bit mentally unstable, or they get angry, they turn to violence using the gun. I'm just, this whole topic is around mental health, and to say, do you think that the reason this is an issue today is because of mental health? Do we believe that all these shootings are happening in the United States because of mental health? My argument to that is clearly no. Like, it's just definitely not. To say that it's mental health and one thing and one thing only is, is bullshit. It, it's preposterous. Because are you telling me that Japan doesn't have a mental health problem? That Canada doesn't have a mental health problem? That Europe doesn't have a mental health problem? That Australia doesn't have a mental health problem? You know what I mean? Like, I thought that was funny. But, um, yo, know, well, and that's exactly it. Like, to be able to say that, that America is is so that America is so much different than every other place. Yeah. The, really, the difference is, is the, um, you should check it out. <laughs> um, distracted. Uh, yeah, no, uh, the biggest difference is the fact that the guns are so readily available. That's yeah. really, that's the biggest difference. You know, like Canada, Canadian people, like, yeah, we're nice people. We're known as being nice people, but at the same time, we're not vastly different from Americans. I, I, I truly, in my core, believe that there's not a vast difference between us and Americans. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I could definitely see that. So but could, it, could it be both a combination, a, a combination of a mental health issue and then the ability to access, right? Oh, yeah, I, I think well, it's that's exactly what it is. So the, here's the mental the, health issues are the same all across the board, right? Of course they're the same across the board. And guess what? So is so are many other aspects of, of this whole debate. So to say that it's a mental, mental health problem, um, Yes, he's like Trump is right to say that it's a mental health problem, and it's a this problem, and it's a this problem. So what we can discuss today is what other problems do we contribute to that? If we agree that it's uh, an availability of gun problem, there's one problem, right? So you got to solve that whole thing about availability to guns. It's a mental health problem, meaning how do you screen for that? How do you protect that? Apparently, one of these shooters, I'm not going to say which one it was, I don't know which one it was, but the cops were at the, the one of the kids' house cause the houses because the parents or the mom or somebody, the grandparent was worried because they thought this kid was going to do something. What are the cops going to do? 
He didn't do anything yet. So there was a red flag a week before one of these mass shootings happened. They were at the, guy, the kid's house, had no idea. Yeah. So if the cops were even there, they couldn't even prevent it. Is this stuff even preventable? Well, like, it, well that's the thing. Like right now they're doing nothing to try and prevent it. I don't understand what the harm would be to, I, I, and we really do need someone that's like super pro NRA gun to come and, and educate us maybe a little bit more about this. But I honestly cannot fathomably think of an argument that would, that would convince me that it shouldn't take a little more time to get a gun. It just, whether you get your gun today or a week from now, like, we wait for things in the mail all the time when we order stuff online. You mean to tell me you can't wait a week to get your firearm? I, I don't want to, to keep everyone safe. We can't wait a week. We can't go through a mental health screening and a course and uh, whatever else. And yeah, so what if it costs you more money? We pay, that money is being, is being paid to protect everybody. What are their Having a gun is a luxury. Yeah, I, I, I think people would disagree with you. I think they say it's their right. No, it's my right. It's Second Amendment or something. Right. At one point, it was a right to own slaves. Yeah, and and that and that obviously changed. So I, I think we really have to. Well, not we. I'm in Canada. I'm good. Yeah. They really have to reconsider the fact that you know it, it should be a right. Yes, you should have a right to bear firearms. Yeah. But to be able to exercise that right. They should have to jump through some True. Hoops. It's no difference than driving a car. Yeah, you have a right to drive a vehicle. Why shouldn't you have to get a license and learn how to drive properly and be responsible? You have all these rules that you have to drive for a year. You and, can't drive. And you have to midnight. drive with a seatbelt on, yeah, and you yeah. and you have to. You can't drive if you One if you wear glasses. Only. You you need to wear your glasses while you're driving. Like it's there's lots of things around even just driving a vehicle. I don't, I mean, there's nothing around guns. You can just go and buy a gun, no restrictions. What, I, what, I, what, I, what I'm interested in though is, is what are the other contributing factors that are pushing these kids to do what they're doing? Just I, heinous I acts of crime. Like, just, this is what I wanna. Well, I just, and that's, a, that's another interesting point. So well, that's, let's that, tackle that, this. Well, that's exactly kind of what I wanna so, dig so into. So what do you think? What, what do you think it's, it I, I think it's a lot of things. Like number one, I think it's, it's easy to copycat, like kids see it on TV, it's glorified, like starting with the Columbine shooters, there was movies about it, and it just becomes easy, it's copycat, it's just like, oh, these guys shot up a school, that's what we do, we shoot up schools when I get when I get enraged, I wanna get back at them. And I think that that has just become a part of society, and I know that the media has tried to tone that down by not showing the, the shooters pictures to kind of, right. um, you know, give them any sort of fame, but their pictures still get out there. So, but the I, don't think there's, out there. I, I definitely don't think there's a solution there in terms of saying that it's just part of the culture. So... What do you mean? Well, I mean, like, I don't want to say it's a cop-out answer, but like, to just say that like, it's part of the solution, uh, it's, part of the, it's part of their culture, these guys are just copycatting like what's no, already happening? It's 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 definitely it's de I definitely think it is. If someone's done it before, then well, copycat. I'll, I'm gonna do the same thing. It's I, easy I, thing to do. I, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying like you can't solve that problem. You can't solve that problem. But what I'm saying is, what are the contributing factors? That's a contributing factor. Is the fact that it's copycat. Okay. People have seen what it. What else? Done it before. What else? Video games. I disagree completely. I disagree. So, like, I, so I, I utterly, disagree. completely disagree. It's video games, man, have gotten more more violent than they have over the past few years. Gotten more graphic. Um, you know, things like things. I don't. Know, people, kids are talking guns now. Like I'm listening to kids who are, you know, 10, 10 years old. Like they're talking about guns, talking about ammo, talking about bullets. It's a level of comfort and and, and understanding with guns 
And I'm telling you this firsthand because I know a young boy who plays a ton of, uh, what, do you, what, what do they call it? Call of Duty. No, not Call of Duty. Not Battlefield. It's the one that's like really popular. Oh, Kissing. No, no, no. Fuck, what Fortnite. is it? Oh, thank you, Fortnite. They're playing a ton of Fortnite. And these kids are ripping off guns. Man, I love my like AK-4. Like these kids know more about guns than I do. And so the fact that they're talking about guns, they're they're picking up guns. So like do you like, I video, want a gun. Do, do you play any video games? A little bit, yeah, a little bit. Here. Do you ever play any games. of those like first-person shooters or the only thing I, shooting the only, games the only, or play, else? the only thing I'll play is Battlefield or Black Ops. Oh, okay. So you do play those games? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was gonna say that maybe this is coming from an uninformed position. No, like yeah, I played, I, I, played I, I, video and, games. and I played like the PUBG stuff. I played the Fortnite. Like I played those games. But the thing is with these kids, these kids are playing like 12 hours on end straight. And so they're getting to know the guns, they're talking but about those, them. But those kids aren't the kids that are shooting up anything. Says who? Says who? These kids could have very early on, you're planting seeds early on where a level of comfort, a level of understanding with guns, they know guns. They, you're planting these seeds, so now they understand it more, it's a focus of theirs. And now when they, could you, oh, you know what's really funny? This same kid, he's, when he was talking about this bully, he actually made a joke to say, man, you know what, and quoted this gun from Fortnite and said, man, all I need is my like, whatever, whatever, whatever gun, I'll pop that guy in the face. And I was like, whoa, whoa. Do you mean that comes from a belief that the gun is gonna solve the problem? And that's the belief of his. Yeah. So obviously he's in turmoil somehow. Something inside him is saying that he's, you know, defeated by this person no, in a way that I'm going over no, that I'm, So how much so he's not in turmoil. So, it was just a reaction. So, so, and, like, and then after that I was like, yo, that's not cool. What are you saying? He's like, I'm just kidding. He's like, obviously I'm just joking. Like it wasn't like he was like, I'm gonna fucking kill this guy. Blah, blah, blah. He literally just said it as a joke. And I was like, man, like so, so, the fact that he's speaking so freely, I'm like, that's messed up. Okay, man. so violent video games, you're saying, gets them, gets them it acquainted. Seeds. It no, gets comfortable it can't, guns. It, can't, it gets them acquainted with guns. Yes. But I I don't think I think that every single one of the individuals that has caused these mass shootings have been disturbed individuals, right? They've had some sort of mental illness. I, I, yeah, I think so. That's fair. So, I don't see how the correlation happens between video games and these people that have mental illness. Um, they all are contributing factors, like mental illness. Well, so then can't you say that about violent movies? Yeah, absolutely could. I, I could get to that. Why yeah. can't you? Violent movies are absolutely up there as well. I don't, I, of course I, I, I personally, I personally think that our society, it revolves around lots of violence. And, I disagree. And, and it, Canada is exposed to the exact same video games and totally. violence. Australia, all the Scandinavian countries. They watch and play all the same stuff that we do. Mm -hmm. There's no mass shootings there. Mm -hmm. so so very well, less, very, very few. Less. Very few, yeah, yeah. Like, like substantially. Like, per it's capita. like... Per capita, for right. sure. For per capita, sure. it's like an insignificant amount. Mm -hmm. so, so... As someone who does not play video games, I, I, I agree with you guys. I, yeah, I don't think it would cause... As myself, as yeah. a personal case study where I played growing up, Doom and Duke Nukem. Oh, I played every so single I, thing. I played every single things, thing. And never once when I had, you know, felt like I was being bullied or antagonized right, in a certain yeah. situation. It never made me think that I'm going to get these guys. But like of I course, but you're not going to go shoot up a school. But other kids will. So here's the deal. Okay, if I go, if I go watch a violent. So you think it's like a catalyst? Almost. I'm saying it's absolutely a catalyst. And guess what? What's going to catalyze one person is not going to catalyze everybody else. So you're saying, listen, just because I play video games and I, I'm, I'm surrounded by violence, I'm not going to go shoot up a school. So it's, your point is completely moot. No, what? I'm saying one case study myself. Yeah, That's one case study. But what I'm saying is. I think that there's so many contributing factors, there's multiple layers, and I think that it's too simple to say, it's just one thing, it's availability guns, 
and it's these fucking crazy kids. So lock the crazy kids up and, you know, no, make, I, make yeah. guns hard. I see what like, you're saying. You know what I, I mean? Like, I think it's, I, I honestly believe it's just multiple things. Like, the kids who went into Columbine, what inspired them? The Matrix. They walked in there with their trench coats and they walked in there like the Matrix. The Matrix is what their inspiration was for to go up and shoot up the goddamn school in Columbine. The Matrix was exactly was that. Actually, was that actually it? Yes, that's exactly what they said. They said the Matrix was like their inspiration. Like they ended up like their MySpace account. Look it like, up, dog. I feel like that, that that fact is wrong. I'll, I'll pull it up for you guys. I, I feel I feel like, I feel like. Okay, here we go. The Matrix. <laughs> but anyone can call but unless someone was friends with them to know that. I don't think how you can make that a, like. Yeah, because didn't they get dusted? They got they got shot up pretty good. No, no, they, they didn't live. No, they killed themselves. Oh, they killed themselves. They shot themselves. Yeah, I I don't remember those guys living. Yeah. As soon as I type in Matrix and Columbine, tons well, of this. Of Keanu Reeves blamed for Parkland shooting. The Matrix blamed for this. Columbine shooters say Matrix was their inspiration. Like, fuck, like, it's just Maybe whatever. they were just in the Matrix. Like, rock and who knows? trench coats. I don't know. Oh, that's what I'm saying. Well, like, okay, so, okay, so fine. So, so we're, we're. I think we're just quick to look for excuses. And I, I feel like we're quick to look at anything except the firearm. We have that, what's that called? Patternicity when people look for patterns attributed to we're trying to find the answer by looking yeah, at the pattern. Yeah. So here's here's what I think is gonna be interesting. Listen so I posted this on Instagram and Facebook. Listen to some of the, the feedback that other people have and you agree or disagree with some of this, some of the comments. Yeah. Difficult issue, bottom line, less guns, reduced opportunity for this senseless crap. American voters have to hold their elected officials to account for this. Corporate greed and right wing ideological crap took the lives of these people, not mental illness alone. I think it's contributing. I think it, I think that statement is partially correct. I don't think you can just blame the right wing people because I believe if I if my facts are correct, I think Obama had all three levels of government for a little while. These mass shootings were happening all through his, his administration. There was no extra gun laws made then. There was no sensible gun legislation made then. I know Obama. And I like Obama, but to say that like you know it's just a right wing thing, like left and right, they're they, like maybe they're not really trying to. Nobody's really trying to do anything. Yeah. It feels like it's political suicide to like even suggest uh, doing anything about firearms in the United States. When was before Columbine? When was the first mass shooting before Columbine? Oh, there's been tons. Yeah, I don't know. That's the very first one I can remember. Me too. Yeah. Me too. Who knows? It might have been some. But since that day, since that day, I, bet I think that was the first one inside of a school. If you were to go, if you were to go, probably twenty years forward from Columbine, right? Because that happened about twenty years. Yeah. Ago. And then, if you went twenty years back from Columbine, we can say that it's increased. I wonder if we can find that online. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm interested. Because I'm, I'm just playing devil's advocate for a second because I do believe that gun laws in the United States need to be more strict. Right. Just in the sense that, hey, you want to buy this gun? Okay, we'll fill out this application. You have to take this. One hour course, even you know what I mean. It happens every Saturday. Fucking hour, make it a whole day. Like in Canada, saying, it's two days. I'm just saying, even the minimum, the minimum, right? Like, and then you can get it, right? That's what all I'm saying. But my point is, is that these gun laws were way before. They were in, they were in long before any of the mass shootings really started to be, you know, not as mainstream, but more common. So. If the gun laws were always in place, well, what has changed in society in the last 20 years as opposed to the last 40 years that have increased the amount of these shootings? It's visibility to these issues. And like I think Ryan's saying, I think some of the catalysts might be like the copycat syndrome where like now it's constantly being publicized. And but I, can, I can't help but think about like, like so there's definitely a communication issue these days, you know, right? Everyone's texting, everyone's, no one's talking. 
right? right? So I think a lot of young people these days lack that ability to express their feelings, right? So for me, it's like, yeah, like if I can't text my mom and say like, you know, I'm hurting or I'm feeling this or I'm feeling that, right? Because I don't know, like you can't, if you can't talk about it, right? It, it, and I think that that causes like this downward spiral and depression and all this negative I would agree. feelings, right? And I think young people these days don't know how to express them, that those how they feel. Like, if, for example, like even even suicide. I, I hear lots of people tell me that they're suicidal, and mm. when and then after having a conversation with them, it's they're actually not. They think that like, uh, you know, I had this, I had a really bad day, and I feel like killing myself because of it. And it's like they just don't want to cope. Yeah, yeah. Like, right. It's like, get a bad day, and you want to kill yourself. What are you talking about? Die. I know. And it's man. just like. They just they don't know how to express themselves. That's I, I, such see a this, good point. I see this very regularly. That's such a good and point. And like just yeah, more recently it's it's something that I've been kind of more aware of and, and, and that is something I think is, is cool for us to dig into. It's a the other debates, no offense, we're not gonna solve it here. People are having those debates all the time. But this is a debate that I'm super interested in. The fact that how are kids coping with stress today? Mm. The stress of bullying, the stress of, of social media. So if you went to school back in our day, it was, you know, you go to school from whatever, 8 to 3.30, 9 to 3.30, you get home, whatever. If you guys were bullying me, I go home, I don't hear from you guys until the next day. Now it's all on social media. Mm-hmm. People are Photoshopping pictures. Like, you're, I will never escape. You're all on like reading these threads and stuff like that. Totally. And it's, it's, and so it escalates yeah, it, right? It does, yeah. It escalates it, it a lot. It escalates it quickly, yeah. right? And, you know, and people don't know how to... They, they, don't, they just don't know what to do. They so so here's it. an interesting stat. So well, I'm looking at this graph. This is from 1966 to 2015, mm-hmm. okay? So Columbine shooting happened in roughly, I don't know, it's, it's below the 2000 mark here. Yeah. So 99, 99, 98, somewhere around there. Okay? And there was roughly seven shootings that year, okay? Now, if we go Shit, back to, if we go back to 88, right. 1988, that's what you're saying, like a public shooting? A mass shooting. Mass shooting. There was, there was roughly seven mass shootings that year. If we go back to 1988, there were seven shootings that year. Uh, in fact, 1988, so 20 years before that, there were seven shootings. In 1993, there was almost 10 shootings that year. So there was, mo- there has been mass shootings in the States all the way back to 1966, there was two mass shootings, it looks like, uh, back in 1966. The crazy thing is in 2015, there was 42 mass shootings. That's crazy. That's scary. That's crazy. So that's a huge increase. Granted, uh, there was only, whatever, 15 or 16 in 2014. But in 2015, there was 42 mass shootings. Like, so now, Thinking about it, what do we think contributes to this? I don't know. What, what's that's, the, that's a total shocker to go back that far. Like, why would there be a triple the amount of shootings from 2014 to 2015? Is it because the media is so focused on reporting on this stuff? Well, the media's been like that forever. Like, I, I remember. Right? I, would we, would we be better off when a mass shooting happens to give it zero news coverage? That's there's some debate about that. There's debate about that. I, 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 I think I think that should almost be one. Yeah. There should be no national news coverage. It's on every damn channel. It's on every channel. It's and like we're in Canada and we're hearing about yeah. it. So it means that the entire world is hearing about it. Could you imagine if all of a sudden no one reported on any mass shootings? ever 
That's not happening though, man. No. That's not that, happening. Yeah. Like the news has People to report that. Like it's their job. Like yeah. it's their job to inform and they have to do it. Like But but if we're saying they essentially we're saying they are essentially one of your arguments is saying that they are contributing to the mass yeah. shootings. Did you guys ever read speak? So so if they are contributing to the mass shootings, should they not Take some accountability and not actually report on that stuff. I know, I know it's their job. Don't get me wrong. It's yeah, it's their job. But I mean, at one point, at what point do you say to yourself, "This is for the greater good"? That we're we're, we're going to put the put a wrap on this and whatever. If else. we lived in you know an idealistic society, then for sure. But that's not what sells, right? News is all about like find out what will kill you fast. It's six thirty. Tune in. We'll tell you then. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. what's going to kill me? What's going to kill me? Like tell me. Like yeah. that's how those things work. So that's that's right. the media, and it, it, it sucks. That's the way it is. But, sorry James, you were going to say something. Well, I was just going to look it up to know the details, to know the specifics, because I don't want to, um... Talk about a turn. Well, yeah. So, anyways, there was, uh... I'll just... So, anyways, the premise here that I'm going to try to find exactly what was, what was done. Apparently, there were some fake videos that were created, like fake terrorist videos by the the UN or the US on UK soil or something like this is where they were making the videos uh, and it was found out that these videos were being made fakely like it was had oh, I gotta find out the details mm. here um, and anyways I, the, when these videos were ousted and they were found out and they were made public that these fake videos were basically like you know like Osama bin Laden, stuff, these Taliban right, and Al Qaeda right. videos, fake terrorist videos, fake terrorist of, videos okay, that were being right. made, and they were ousted, and they were ousted the same day that Kim Kardashian was being robbed at gunpoint, and then everyone was talking about how come no one found out about this these fake videos? You talk to a hundred people, no one remembers it, but do we remember Kim Kardashian being robbed? You know what I mean? At gun and gunpoint That's kind so of funny. thing. I mean, I don't remember either one, but yeah, <laughs> right? but. Just, it was yeah. so much in the news, and this is kind of your point. It's like, well, you're saying like, well, no, you have to kind of give the news. It's like, well, no, they choose what they put out on yeah, the news. Do. do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I think, I think, uh, I think, people don't give Donald Donald Trump enough credit for that. I uh, think he's an interesting character in the way that he says says some ridiculousness to maybe distract everyone from. Real policies that are being in play, put in place, and whatever else, and he, he just he'll say something ridiculous, and then everyone will hyper focus on that, and it's kind of like, well, like he says this stuff all the time. Like, well, I don't know why people aren't just used to it by now. I, I just don't get it. I don't know what the outrage is, <laughs> to be honest, but uh, uh, we, we should. <laughs> right, we should let's, let's pivot. Let's pivot yeah, off that one. Tip. Yeah. 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 No, I do. I do. I, I, I do want. I do want. I do want to bring it back. Yes, I do want to go back to this. Book. I know because because that to me is like communication. Like that's that's what I'm interested in. I think that like we can go on a whole bunch of different tangents, different directions here. But honestly, like I think if anyone's going to take something from this episode today, and we're going to learn something from today, it's maybe how do we how do we help our kids grow up in a society yes. that is vastly different than the one that we grew up in a society where, where where kids are turned on all the time to technology where they're connected at all times where bullying has escalated to dramatic fashion so how do we make I, our kids I think be able needs to, to be regulated stressors? by the parents needs to be regulated said, by the parents Eminem said in his song it's like it's like like about the shooting basically referring to Columbine and then in the song he says you know where were the parents at 
And mm-hmm. I think I think that's a true, true statement because I, I, I think they, they had a statistic out saying something specifically about how like a large percentage of the mass shooting mass shooters had came from like a either a split family home. or broken mm-hmm. home, uh, either a, a adoption or where the parents left or uh, experienced some sort of trauma in their childhood. It's probably like a large percentage yeah, of them. I'm sure just lack of love, lack right. of love and a lack of fear and respect. Yeah. Just kind of like a fine line because I know for me as like an adolescent, I feared my parents first, mm. and I knew now looking back they couldn't have done anything to me. They could have done zero to me. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah they could have yeah. like spanked me or whatever like that. But my parents weren't malicious in the sense that they're going to beat me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. But at the end of the day, if I really wanted to push the envelope when I was 11, 12, 13 years old, there's nothing they could have done. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there's nothing. But I feared them. Yeah. I feared them like God. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think yeah. that I made me too. a very respectable person because yeah. I knew that if I was disrespectful to my teachers, to my friends, to my coworkers, my babysitter, whoever it was at the time my age, I would have to be dealing with my parents. And that was a big fear for me. Yeah. And I I this is kind of going off topic, but I can tell today parents when we're in a social setting or if we're at a store, at a grocery store, wherever, I can tell the kids, and I'm sure you guys can too, the kids that are disciplined in the home and the kids that aren't disciplined in the yes. home. Yes. Right? Big because time. they just don't fear the parents. Yeah. Hey, stop running around and stand here right now. I'm going to count to three. One, and two, two and a half, one, two and three quarters. Exactly. Ah, the, the kid, the kid that around. listens, yeah. the kid that listens beside their parent has consequences. The kid that keeps running around and pushing the envelope but doesn't care, no consequences. Yeah. Zero. Hmm. So you're saying that kids today are being brought up to be or consequence parent, parent, free. Parent, parent, consequence free. Okay, that's yes. a good way of putting it. Not enough consequences. Like, or I, the, like I, the whole fear thing is. I've seen parents. I've discussion. seen parents when a child is acting out, three, four, five years old. M- many different instances where, for example, they take something from their sibling, and the parent, the easy thing for the parent is to just let them just let it. them have it. What? You're that. the parent. I saw that two days ago. <laughs> You're the parent. <laughs> just let them have it. Exactly. So that kid's gonna grow yeah. up if that four it's years old are controlling that. Exactly. That I can control you. I, just, I don't have to listen I just to you. Saw it. That's Dude, so funny. That is one of my biggest it, pet peeves. It drives me nuts when a kid can whine and complain, and like you said. The parents just give it. And, and to say, and to vocally say, just let them have it. That's crazy. You know, it's easier just to not fight that fight. What? Just reinforces bad behavior. Absolutely. Reinforces bad behavior. Yeah. It's like, oh, you know, parenting actually isn't that hard. You just need to have a little backbone when your kid is fucking yeah, up. Yeah, absolutely. That's it. When so, your kid is fucking up, you gotta check them. You gotta take time out of your day, stop whatever the fuck you're doing, go down there and be like, this isn't how it's going to work here. Yeah. But I honestly feel that you have to instill mm-hmm. at a young age. If you're trying to change that at a 10 year old, honestly, you're going to have a, not to say it's impossible, yeah, but it's, it's going to be a tougher time. Well, but at the same time, you still have to be setting those precedents. If you fucked up till now and your Absolutely. kid's a little motherfucker at 10, Absolutely. at some point you got to step up and say, listen, this can't keep going like 100%. this. And you got to open the, the lines of communication with these dudes and say, listen, this is how this is going to have to work here. Exactly. Reappending, uh, not to say kids are criminals, but sometimes they are. But, uh, <laughs> but how many, what's the, what's the statistic on uh, uh, inmates that, or people that have been convicted mm. reoffend? Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. How, it's super high. It's like yeah. 66% of people that are incarcerated get, you know, recharged or reindicted for something. Higher amount of total. It's crazy. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, because the, they don't learn. They've been the consequences. They understand that they could do the time, but it's, it's instilled hmm. in them that they can just, there is no kind of, uh, 
I, there's no authority that's going to control. So disciplining your kids is definitely a piece of it. And I do think that as we go further on, like, what is it, 2019? I think that maybe, for the most part, parents are pretty soft on kids these days as opposed to 100%. when we grew up. I mean, when I grew up, I got I got the wooden spoon on my ass. I got the belt on my we ass. All got along. We all did, right? I think every one of us got beat, right? Yeah. Not like badly, but just no. like got, taught a lesson. Not to you know scare I mean? me. It didn't exactly. hurt me. My dad, who was like a bigger guy, he said he would always slap me in the hand because he was afraid that if he hit too hard, it wouldn't actually hurt me. Mm. It didn't hurt. Like, we'd give each other in recess high fives just as hard. <laughs> but it's the act of him yeah. being upset and being mad yeah. and doing that. That scared me. Yeah. And it, but it was instilled in an early age. And I believe that it made me fear him to the point to when I was older and I respected people because I had consequences to deal with. What do you think guys think about, about that today? Because today, like, let's just say you were at the grocery store and you saw that kid acting up, right? If this was... I don't know, 30 years ago, and you saw the mom take that kid, put him over his, put, him, put that kid over her knee and just bah, 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 and send him off, right? You got punished. If you saw that today, I man, mean, you get kind of an uprising. Like, you should be hitting your kids. How dare you? Really? You we think there would be an uprising? Yeah. I would applaud. I would applaud. I'd be like, well done. I would too, but that's my opinion. I believe that having a little discipline and hitting, but there's a lot of people out there who will say, I will not hit my child. This is where it would be interesting because I believe that Gray would take that. I don't think right. Gray would would, would, but, would, would smack Sears But in right. But Maybe in I'm the, wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Even in the discipline, even the disciplinary act, like, Parents today, let's say for example, uh, little Bobby hit little Susie, his sister, right? It's hard for parents today to stick to their guns that if that kid watches TV or plays video games or whatever, it's hard for that parent to say no to them because they would rather have them be entertained by something that they're right. not doing than something That's else. Right. So it's not even a punishment mm -hmm. of like hitting people. If that parent went and said, hey, you know what? You're, you watch TV normally today, tomorrow, those privileges are gone. You've lost those privileges Friday, Saturday, Sunday, there's no TV. Period. There doesn't have to be a physical disciplinary action per se. Exactly. That privilege is still being punished, but yeah. that it's hard for you the know, parent. It's difficult. It's know, painful. That's pleasure right. and pain. Now I'm gonna have to entertain exactly. my kid for three days. Yes, that's that. punishment for me. You know that's what? That's right. That, actually, that is that's it. A good point. But you know what? If you want to raise good kids, <laughs> you, you do have it. To, you have to walk the punishment with your kids. It happened to my daughter three weeks you ago. You have to walk she, the punishment with your kids. It happened to my daughter three weeks ago. She was super excited, super excited that she was gonna have a sleepover with her friend. As soon as I walked through the door, so excited I'm having a sleepover. Blah blah blah. Yada yada yada. I find out later, an hour later, that there was also another girl involved, and she was being mean to her and said, "No, no, do you want, do you want to come for a sleepover? No, I don't want you to." Said that to the other girl. Mm. Found out from the found out through the grapevine or whatever through uh, Melissa and the other friend or whatever. And so I said to him, "I was like, is this is what you said to her?" Well, that's not. So I got the other friend involved because there was the Ooh. three of them. So what did she say? Kind of backed up her friend, which was good. Had, kind of had her side found out from the mom of what the actual conversation happened. And so I kiboshed it. I said, sorry, you, you were mean to this person. You didn't involve them. Nice. You don't like to be not involved in situations. Nice. Sleepover's done. Sorry, you're going home. No sleepover. It's over. Nice. And that was it. Ouch. And nice. yeah, it, it killed me because she was so excited yeah. to have this sleepover and That's it's hard. over. But that too bad. That probably, that probably caused you more pain than anything it else. It did. It was, it was really tough one, but, but it was in, like, in her turn, you probably did her a huge favor. And, and at the end of the day, you didn't even have to hit her. No, right? right. And she right. Was, this, this is way worse than hitting her. Absolutely. It is. Like, I'll, I'll tell you this. Hit me on the ass. I'll take it. I'll, I'll go to the sleepover. I'll, I'll tell you this. <laughs> I, I, I can't really hit my kids. It doesn't work. Yeah. I, no, I, I, I tried to hit my youngest. Only one and a half. 
This little motherfucker ain't learning shit. <laughs> she don't learn on that. You you gotta you gotta put her in a situation that makes her feel more uncomfortable than that. Yeah. She'll literally just cry. Two seconds later, she'd be doing this a yeah. damn Mike, exact Mike, thing. Jack, it's like she her bum's made of iron. Yeah. She doesn't even care. She doesn't bitch. She'll yeah. put her ass out. Come on, motherfucker. It's like yo, you you can't. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. So yeah. you gotta almost you gotta almost structure you your punishment for the individual See, for the kid. It, like it would work for us, getting beat worked for me 10 times out of 10. Yeah. But for my daughters, I, so, I, it's, I can't even hit them. Yeah. Like, I, I gotta mentally mind fuck them into thinking they're gonna I get- I was just gonna say, so our parents used, used you know, force. Maybe we should be better and say, listen, using force, like that's so old school. We can do a lot better these days. We can use, you know, our own psychology, understanding our kids' brains, understanding how to use certain techniques such as, you know, pain versus pleasure or whatever. Like, I'm going to cause my kid pain by taking something away, and that's going to teach them a lesson. You might want to use guilt as a tactic. For example, if your kids are too old, you might use guilt as a tactic. I mean, that by itself is a great tactic. Yeah, you know, yeah, using yeah. guilt for sometimes kids. But see, as a kid, guilt made me mad. Really? My parents split up, and when one parent would try to guilt me and the other, mm-hmm. it would totally make me want to shun them more. Mm-hmm. That's how you should make me feel. I think guilt too is bad. Guilt is a tough one. Yeah. These That's how it made guilt me feel. Tough and it's still, I still feel that this way. That when someone tries to guilt me into something, it doesn't make me feel sorry for the other person. It makes me actually mad. So give me. Oh, let me, let me I, I can guilt my. So kids let me let me give an example. Time. Let me give an example, and you tell me if this is sure. if this would guilt you or not. So um, you're 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 a kid, and your parents are there, and uh, you start acting up. You start acting up, and you start acting a fool. And your mom says, "Wow, like James, like I thought you really loved me, but you know, kids who love kids who love their parents, like don't don't do this. Wow, all right. I lo- love you, James." Have a good night. Like, you'd be like, Mom, Mom, I love you. Of course I love you, Mom. I love you. You know, like, would that not work on you? Yeah, I don't mean, like, yeah. that, that, like, that little, like, subtle, like, cerebral fucking, like, get in there with a ninja blade and screw your brain up. Like, that would guilt me. I'd be like, Oh, Mom, like, of course I love you. Why would you say that? You know? That's like using guilt in a very soft way. I would totally use that. Yeah, it's funny. I actually, I actually, uh, or some way with my kids, with our dog. Mm-hmm. Because they have to go to the basement through our backyard to let them out to go to the bathroom, like the dog. Mm-hmm. And when they don't, they were fighting. No, I don't want to let her. I don't want to. It's like you guys clearly don't love Mila. Why? There you go. I, like, yeah. why? What are you talking about? It's like, well, she has to go pee. Imagine you have to go pee. You're standing outside the door and there you, you go. can't go. Yeah. You're causing pain. So you don't love her. Yeah. So uh, it works. We love her, of course. Yeah. 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 We? And that's what they say. No, we love her. Well, yeah. then how come you're not doing? And you got to show her love, right? Yeah. That's yeah. true. So I, I think it's, that's that's a decent technique too, but. I'm going to kind of backtrack a little bit and say, you know, as a guy who doesn't have kids, I, you know, we said we would applaud the woman who spanks their kid like that. Do we, like, it's hard. It's hard because it, I believe it's, it's, okay, so it's, it's not even, it's not even, the physical, I, I, would, I would applaud the person just for the fact that they're, they're just disciplining their kid. Gotcha. Right? It's not so much the fact that they're hitting their kid. Yeah. It's the fact that they're actually actively disciplining their kid, which it's, it's a hard thing to do. When you're in public and you're whatever else, you almost have to zone in one-on-one with your kid and take them aside and be like, listen, is this how, is this how we're trying to represent ourselves? Is this what we're trying to do right now? What are you thinking? How do you feel about all of this right now? I just Have a conversation. Actually have a truthful conversation yes. with your kid and tell them exactly what you're thinking and exactly why what they're doing is unacceptable. Right. Yeah. They understand fucking English. Mm-hmm. So they're not dumb. Yeah. Explain to them exactly why what they're doing is unacceptable. You're you're hoping to 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 
get into that rational part of their mind, but we also have to remember that their brains, you know, 10, 11, 12, oh, you know, yeah. their brains are so I mean, so it works on my five-year-old. So, well, no, I'm not saying it's not going to work. No, no, I'm not saying it's not going to work. What I'm saying is, yeah, what I'm saying is you have to, as parents, exercise more patience to be, to say, to say, I understand, and to, to make it seem like it's okay for kids to make mistakes as well, because their brains are underdeveloped. They're going to react like that in the grocery store. They're going to flip out and blah blah blah. Why? Because their brains are underdeveloped. Like I'm not making excuses for bad behavior, but I am saying that the brains are underdeveloped. They're still learning. But so as parents, you have to be patient to say, "Listen, you made a big mistake today, and I expect you to learn from it. You're probably going to make mistakes like this but again, it, but I just want you to learn from it faster next time." It happen. It has to happen at the time they're making the mistake, or else that doesn't isn't going to hold true. So when they're actually in the course of making that mistake, you, the parents, need to do their job. And actually correct that poor behavior. Do you have an it's, psycho do you have, it's psychology. Do you have well, do you have an example where that's happened before? Like with you with tons, you? Tons, tons, man. Like, do you have one Like give me an example, like very specific of like when when your kids misbehave. Oh, Isabella, give me give me one of Isabella. Because uh, while you're thinking, I'll, I'll talk. But I just think that when your kids misbehave, there's so many different ways to kind of correct that behavior. You could either use force, you could, you know. Uh, be very very soft and go either opposite ends of the spectrum you could talk them through it I'm interested in like the parents approach like how do you approach disciplining your kids how do you approach reasoning with them how do you approach making them feel pain when they do wrong so that they grow up being better people I always I always ask just ask them questions yes. you know, why did you do why did you do what you did you know, I get a lot of I don't knows, mm. but then I always think like, well, you know, who knows the answer to this question? You or me, right? And it's like, well, I do, right? You're, you know what I mean? And sometimes, and I understand because they are young age, especially my daughter because she's younger, that sometimes her mistake, her answers don't really kind of necessarily make sense, but they're not logical because yeah. she's underdeveloped. And I truly sure. believe that. But she still is, you know, cognizant of what she's doing per se, you know, in that moment. But I, I just ask, why did you do that? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Do you think you were being a good person when you did this, mm -hmm. right? And I deal with this all the time because brothers and sisters, they yeah. fight all the time. So I'm always having to moderate or mediate between the two and say, you know, would you like this done to you? Mm -hmm. No, I wouldn't. So why would you do it to them? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Why do you feel this way? Why do you feel, why do you feel that you need like, for example, hey, you know, did you, did you, hide my daughter's toy like to my son did yeah. you hide her toy yes i did why did you do that because i was mad at her why are you mad at her because she's annoying sometimes what does she do that she's annoying because i'm trying to find the root problem because yeah. maybe she is the doing cause, these little yeah. stabs yeah. you know i mean these little pokes every now and then and it's building for him and now he outlashes you know what i mean interesting like, but that's not what you need to do that if she's doing something that bothers you you come and tell me and talk to me about it or the first approach is you tell her to stop doing that if she doesn't listen, you come to me. But I try to go through those those paths, kind of thing, those questionings, to find out why he's frustrated or why. The thing, so the thing one is, thing, you just to talk to your kids. I'm gonna interject you for a second. So the one thing with you, in that you're probably better at than maybe most, is patience. Again. Yes, my better. wife condone like gives me condolences all the time. You are so much more patient. Because if me. if you came, if 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 you got six, I don't know, in a row, why'd you do this? I don't know. Well, who knows the answer to this? I don't know. Well, why did you do this? I don't know. You don't know what, like yeah. if you keep getting, I don't know, it's very easy to be like, well, fuck, I know, and flip yeah. out on your kids. Well, and then at that point, you have listen, lost. Listen, you have to have patience with kids. 100%. To think that you're going to be a parent and not exercise patience is crazy. The same way to, to think you're going to be a parent and not exercise discipline 
It's, they come hand in hand. You have to have patience the same way you have to have discipline because your kids are always going to fuck up. You are going to teach them a lesson, but they're going to teach you lessons as well. They're going to teach you patience. They're going to teach you to stick through, to follow through, right? Yeah. To commit to your passion. I had conversations with my kids. I'm not even joking. That lasted hours. Wow. And Melissa's come up to me and be like, oh, thank goodness you have the patience because mm-hmm. I don't. But, it, but it's true. But I want to find a solution to the problem. I just don't want to put a bandaid on it. Of and I've read in multiple different like kind of books and articles that when you tell a kid, is one of the worst things you can tell a kid is that when they do something wrong or to do something, hey, can you pick up your backpack? Uh, why do I have to pick up my backpack? Because I said so. That's like one of the worst things. Yeah, just because I said so. Yeah. There has to be a reason behind it. Right? Yes. There has to be. Um, but I, yeah, I just know for myself. So you're almost bringing logic my, into it. All my kids are why kids. Why do I need to do that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, because I asked you. Oh, well, 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 I will almost always say, listen, my word is what you go by around here. There's always a good reason why I'm telling you to do something. If you really want to know, ask me. Mm-hmm. But right now, it's because I damn well said so. Mm-hmm. Pick this up. Do you want to know why? Because I don't want to have to pick it up. Yeah. Look at all the mess you've made around the house. I've literally talked to them that, like they're, they're like mm-hmm. people that are living in the house with me. Like, listen. You made all this mess. Yeah. Dad isn't here to clean up after you all the time. You need to be responsible and clean up your toys. Clean up the stuff around the house. That is your job. If you're gonna make the mess, you need to clean it up. So then you're teaching, you guys are teaching your kids rules and you're showing them boundaries. And if they step outside of those boundaries, if they don't follow those rules, there are consequences. So again, we're talking about this idea of of parenting being a big influencer in raising your kids properly so they're able to cope better in this world, so they're able to grow up stronger by teaching them at a young age how to be disciplined, to follow rules, to to stay in the boundaries. Yes, to break the boundaries at some point too. Like we don't have yeah. to get into all these different like, like splitting hairs here. But you're teaching them to follow the rules, which is so important. So important. So as parents though, it's you guys are teaching them a lot of lessons. They're teaching you a lot of lessons, and I think that's 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 really important. How old, how old are your kids? Seven, five Seven and two. Five and two. So as kids start growing up, they start getting a little bit more 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 lippy, a little bit more free. They start realizing, like, wait a second, but, my but parents it, can't can't teach me this thing. It doesn't it doesn't just happen like that. I I truly feel like if my daughters were to get lippy, like. They would say, I, they I totally would agree. think like a gazillion times. But let me finish, but let me, let me finish what I'm gonna say though. Let me finish what I'm gonna say. Is that you guys are doing great for them. They're they're like it's it's great. Love the dynamic, it's awesome. They're going to school right now, they're they're learning from kids, but as they get older and they start going to school and high school and junior high, what have you, then they're gonna be introduced to more kids, kids who maybe aren't growing up with parents who are teaching them to follow the rules, maybe parents who are like, hey, or kids who are like, hey, guess what? What? I just stole this vape from my dad. Let's go vaping. Like now you're gonna enter into this whole new thing where these kids have to right. learn to make decisions. And, and, and so here's here's what it comes down to. Parenting is a 24-7 job. Anytime you see behavior that is not becoming of a person that you're trying to bring into this world, you need to correct it. And anytime you let it slide, you're not doing your job properly. That's actually just what it comes down to. I totally agree. Okay. And to make an analogy that I think may be fitting for people that don't have kids and you're a dog person. Mm-hmm. And you're saying like, as my kid get older, if you raise your dog from a puppy to let's say four or five years old, you will be very confident in their behavior, whether that's going around new dogs, kids, new people, whatever it is, you already know the behavior of dog and how you've trained that dog to act in certain situations. 
you will know that you would have said, well, what if your dog, what if your dog lashes out and starts barking and biting somebody? Mm. It won't do that. Yeah. How do you know that? Because I've trained it to this point. It Good point. won't do that. Good point. You know what I mean? So to see, it's like, oh, it's gonna, it's gonna, you know, yeah. turn this instantly, and yeah. Be it's instantly gonna just be the devil when Fair it hits ten, right? It's like, not, it's, it's not, you've trained it. Up but to that, right? how could that dog, if you know, at the age of four, and then you start to like let the you let the let it off the leash a little bit, slide a little bit, That's yeah? Right. Could it develop new behaviors that may promote it to bite somebody? Absolutely. But it's, I think, is it impossible? Can we like the saying? Can you teach an old dog new tricks? Kind of thing. I think, yeah, if you take a dog that had no discipline at two, three, four years old, could you train it to be that, that obedient dog? You could, but it's going to require more work. Yeah. But then that falls back on you. Because either way, you're going to have to put in work. It's it, not it scares really, me, though. It, it scares really me. is the responsibility of the parents of course it is. to make sure that this shit doesn't happen. Of course. Mass shootings, good behavior, whatever it happens to be. If your kid becomes... Some sort of little motherfucker. It's, it's a, reflection. a reflection of you. It's a reflection of the parents, and it's, it's kind of a sad thing to say. And I hate to I hate to just go out there and say, "Yo, listen, your kid's a mass shooter. That's your fuck up." But yeah, that's kind of the way I feel. Mm. It's kind of the fucking way I feel. If your kid became a mass shooter, you didn't show him enough love. You weren't communicating with your kid properly. And you know, it, it, I heard somebody say this before, but it's almost like you need, you should be, you should take a course to have kids. Mm. Not everybody should just have kids, point. have kids and just, and just have kids and whatever I've, I've else. I said like, that too. Like, yeah. like, like you should, you should have to take a course to have kids because they take a lot of time and attention to do everything fucking properly. And it, it's not a small task. Man, you know, it's hard to debate the point of if, if your kids grow up to be, you know, mass shooters. Oh, that's so extreme. If your kids grow yes. to be, be be assholes, just shitheads. Yeah. Part of that blame is on you. As 100%. a parent. As a parent. One hundred percent. This thing that the reason I said this is scary is because we now live in a society where we are more distracted than we have ever been in our oh, lives. And how yeah. many parents are sitting on Facebook all night or they're attached to their phone or they're watching Netflix and they would just be like you said, it's now it's a punishment to me when I have to take my kid's phone away from them or take their Xbox away from them or take their computer yeah, away from them. Because now you actually because, have to spend time with the little yeah, motherfucker. And so now they're just like, ah, I would rather just be on my phone all day playing video games or watching Facebook or watching Netflix or whatever it is. So this is what worries me is the fact that how- Kids are going to be raised even, even worse than they were before. That's just, that's a scary world, man. And, and that's I that's hope not. Really what it is. And it no, you know you, you you hope all you want. That's the reality of it. Well, the reality is not that because what's going on here? You guys are growing up in this world. Exceptions to the rules. Get out of here. No, I truly feel that. I don't feel that people discipline their kids enough. No, they don't. And I feel like maybe because we're friends, maybe we discipline our kids to to reasonable amount. I feel great disciplining Sierra a, a decent amount as well. And, and, and it's reflective of their behaviors when they're out in public and doing stuff. They're not wilding out like a bunch of idiots. Totally agree. Mm. Right? Like, I can take my kids anywhere and they're not going to be dummies. Yeah. Or if they do act like dummies, they're yeah, going to be Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They're not going to add up. They're not going to act perfect all the time. But I know yeah. that if I say it in a stern voice to sit there and be quiet or to do whatever they need to do, that it will happen. There's, uh, there's no, I'm not, yeah. I'm not in doubt whatsoever. I, I love the fact that the onus is on the parent to really step the fuck up. It is. To be more patient, to exercise discipline, to make the hard decisions. Like nobody said parenting was an easy job, but you gotta, you gotta literally follow through and that's the hardest thing. But your comment about parenting as a 24 seven job is so important. And I do believe that with a lot of these, these kids who, you know, are shooting up schools, 
that their parents weren't with them 24-7. You know, they weren't with them 24. If you actually, and sometimes, love too. Sometimes, sometimes that's not a reality for most, some parents. Say you come from a split family, you have to work, whatever else. You might have a babysitter, you might need to leave your, your kids in someone else's care, whatever else. Like sometimes it's not, it's not a reality that you can discipline and be there for your kid and oh, whatever else. I agree, right? I agree. And if you come from a lower educational uh, background and you don't, have maybe the, the faculties to be able to even communicate yourself because that those kind of skills weren't taught to you, <sighs> then how are you going to communicate That's with your kids? That's not an excuse. It's not an excuse. Of so, course so, it so, is. So, so, no. But it's a reality. It is and it isn't. So you don't have to be educated. You can be working three jobs at once, but you can raise your kids knowing that mom and dad fucking love you and that you are growing up in a love household. Well, and, what if there's and, not and, a mom and dad? What if there's just a mom? And that and person has to work up, 40 or 60 hours a week. And guess what? Like, how many people have we heard? Like, you can hear all these different stories of kids growing up with just a single oh, yeah. mom or a single dad, and they grew up in a household of love. And their kids knew, listen, like, I got to go to work, and like, I got to pay the bills, and I got to make sure whatever. Your kid's going to make a lot more mistakes, I believe, but knowing that they grew up in a household full of love, I believe that it's that a big thing, difference. 100%. It, 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 I do believe it's a big difference. When they, your kid knows that they're loved and knows that they come from a, a loved home, that's a big difference, man. It's a big difference. Like your mom could be stern. Like I don't know why. I just keep thinking about like, oh, man. I just keep thinking about like all these kids who grew up, you know, like athletes or yeah. or rappers, for example. You know, like all these football oh, players who grew up. Yeah. yeah, like you look. They they all grew up in this household where their dads weren't there, but their moms were. And man, do they love their moms. And yeah. these kids grew up focused. Like like they made mistakes. Yes, they make mistakes. But goddamn, like they came. They they, they love their moms. You know what I mean? And I think growing up in a household where there is love. Man, that could erase a lot of problems. A lot of problems. I agree. There's so many people that, especially you say athletes, because you hear a lot of like biographies and yeah. stuff like that. Um, just and you, you know, they they always will say like in this story when they're telling the story. Oh yeah, you know, like my mom would come home from working her second job or whatever like that, right. and she'd tell me how my day was, and and then I'd say I'd say yes, ma'am. You know what I mean? And yeah. they're always yeah. yes, ma'am, to their yeah. mom. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's that level of respect yeah. that kids today. Do not have. Yeah, yeah. Do not have. That's right. Mm. You know, the, communication aside, the two biggest things is love and discipline. 100%. Love and discipline. Show your kid lots of love. Yeah. And when they do something, and when they do something wrong, check them. Praise them when they do something good. Yeah. Praise them when they do something good. Love the shit out of them. Love the absolute shit out of your kids. That's cool. And when they fucking do something wrong, yeah. check them. Like and it's gonna like, be tough like, on you, tougher than you, because your kid will right. forget about it. But it'll like harp on you. But you can't give in. Yeah. You can't and that's where it, like patience comes in. You know what I mean? And just know that like. Rico, what you said is that um, it benefits them so much more than mm -hmm. you know what I mean in that little moment. That right there's a good takeaway. I like that too. Love and discipline are so important, and make sure that you're consistent with the discipline. Make sure you follow through with that, That's but make right. sure you love the hell out of your kids so that yep. your kids know. Listen, like, like they're not gonna freak out when you take their Xbox away and be like, "I fucking hate you, mom. I hate you, they dad." Say like, that. They, they may say that. That's true. You know what I mean? Yeah. But don't get away. That's when they get beat. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you say? What you say? Yeah. Put your hand through the door. Rip you hate who? Yeah. That's when you. That's when they know they fucked right the fuck up. Yeah, but that doesn't you, happen in the Henry household. What, what would you do if, if Isabella was like, "I hate you, Dad"? What would you do? I, I can't. It's it's like it's so beyond the reality of what would actually happen what that I couldn't even fathom it. <laughs> It might just turn into an Eddie Murphy just 
<laughs> Make another one of you motherfuckers. <laughs> no, but like, like, yo, it's just, it's not even in the realm of possibilities because yeah. like James said before, when you train a dog, switch. when you train a dog, it just doesn't all of a sudden switch, mm-hmm. right? You train a dog to be proper, it's not also going to come bite your leg off. Mm-hmm. That's, the, that's, the, that's pretty much what you're saying. The, the kid's going to come and bite your leg. Like, what? That dog's gonna get kicked like a mother. Must be crazy. He's gotta be. Yo, yo, that's right. That's right. A Michael Vick, this motherfucker. Oh my god. Yo, this shit is not gonna happen. No, no, but it's just not. It's just not gonna happen. I just feel like it's not gonna happen. I've I've disciplined and trained my kids enough that it's just it's not gonna happen. I I don't have to hit any of my kids. What do you anymore. say? What do you say to? This is this is a something that I've always believed. One of my mentors told me this way way back in the day, and I've never forgotten it. And that this is the case in families, the case in business, and the fact that you are not a prophet in your own land. So, for example, totally agree. So, for example, if uh, if if one of your kids, you know that. I think that's more with your spouse than with your kids. Oh, that too. I think it's with everybody in general. Your your spouse, it's like that's like almost like the the golden rule. Like, they ain't never trying to listen to what we have to say. So then, bring it back though. Your kids, they go to school and they start picking up new information, new facts that, and they say. Listen, Dad. Vapes aren't bad. Like c- cigarettes are so much worse. Vapes, bad. vapes are bad. Va- vapes are bad. Like, like what's? I just like making clouds. I you, like making the clouds. You have to spend time with your kids. But you that's what it comes down to. You have to spend time with your kids. You have to. But what does spend time mean? So, so spend time. You have to mean? have an open yeah. line of communication with that your kids. What does that mean? Sit down, watch a movie. Yeah, exactly. Well, no, no, that's it, right? That, yeah. Yes. You you have yeah. to you have to speak. You have to talk with your kids. You have to ask them. You know, it's so funny. Um, so uh, my spouse does a lot of shit for it. So a lot of times I end up sleeping with my my five year old. Me and her, we'll, we'll be sleeping, we'll, we'll, we'll go and be like, okay, Isabella, it's fucking time for bed. Like, we don't have a strict rule on bedtime, so like, this little motherfucker is going to bed at the same time as me, like 11 o'clock at night. We're going to bed. So I'm like, yo, Isabella, it's time to go to bed, let's go to bed. So we'll go to bed, and we'll be, even just lying in the bed, I'll be like, so how's your day? Nice. How did your day go? Nice. How, how did your day go today? Tell me a little bit about your day. Love that. And, and, and she's just like, what are you talking about? <laughs> she, she's just, she's wondering, but no, but seriously, that'd be a tell, tell, tell me about your day, like, what, what was the best part of your day today? Cool. What's yes. the best part of your day today? What what you enjoy the most about today? And I will literally try and ask her 10 to 15 different questions about her day, what she did, what she didn't like. Take an interest so, in your kids. Man. And sometimes, I've asked her this before, is there anything that I could have done differently today? Oh, nice question. What, what could I have done differently today for you? Mm. What, what do you think? What do you think I did today? Cool. Oh, well, well, you you said this to me, or you said that to me. Sometimes I'll get that. You you said this to me, or you said, why did I say that to you? Oh, because I didn't. So do you think that I should have said that to you or not? Yeah, you should have. Mm. Oh, okay, cool. Comes back to so now you kind of know why. So it's like they're they're like putting it all together in their brain. They're like, yeah, okay, well, I guess he kind of did fucking need to tell this to me, right? Like, like if you talk to your kids. And just talk to them like they're adults. I totally agree. That's interesting. You, they, they, they make the, their own connections on their own, but you have to take the time to talk to them. I do. And even if it's just once a day, when you're going to bed, when you're whatever, whenever it is, have them have the same introspection that we are all looking for through this whole BJJ stuff. Yeah, yeah. Try and get them to, to look at their own lives and say, hey, yo, what did you think about that? Mm-hmm. Hey, you know, when you did this and you gave me attitude here, what do you think about that? Why did you do that? What do you think that was very nice? Do you not think that was very nice? 
you know, yeah. how are we gonna go about doing it so that we we can go about communicating without you giving me attitude? Yeah, I like that a lot, and I think the key piece that that you keyed in on, on there as well was that the time with your kids, and you kind of laughed at that for a second because it's true, is that. People will say, oh, I spend time with my kids all the time. Well, what does that mean? Well, we're in the same room together. We're all on our phones. Yeah, that's, that's different. That's not the same time, that right? When you say spend time with your kids, that means take an interest in what your kids are doing. Ask them questions. Be curious. How was school today? You know, who did you talk to today? What did you guys talk about? What did you learn in school today? Ask those kind of questions. What was the best part of your day? What was the worst part of your day? How can you make tomorrow a better day than today? I love the question of flipping that shit around, by the way, and yeah. saying, what could I have done differently today? Maybe ask your, maybe tell your kids about your day. You know, yeah. Ask your kids, be like, daddy asks you about your day, like you should ask daddy about my day. Ask me questions about my day. And start to almost form like this dialogue, which is gonna build relationship. Yeah. I fucking yeah. love that. And you're gonna teach your kids to ask questions. Just That's cool, man. Go ahead. No. Uh, I was just saying, like, like you nailed it, but I think um, you should also like empower your kids to feel like they can give you an honest answer, and oh, don't totally. tell me what yeah. you think I want to hear. That's a good point, right? Too. So totally. it's like to feel like, yeah, you could tell me, like, Dad, you were a dick today, and for me not to get upset, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, that that's kind of gonna hurt, but be like, you can yeah. you can tell me. That. I couldn't agree more, and a lot of times, if I feel like. She's not being truthful with yeah. me. I'll ask the same question again. Yeah. So I'd be like, "So why'd you do that?" She's like, "I don't know." I'd be like, "Think about it, though. Like, really think about it. Dad's not gonna get mad at you." Mm -hmm. I I'll say that all the time when I'm having an open and honest conversation. I'm like, "Listen, Dad's not gonna get mad at you. Just tell me exactly what you think. Mm -hmm. Just tell me about exactly what you're feeling, what you think, and, and why." And, and the conversation just ensues from there. That's interesting. I'm just gonna add to which really helps with my kids is um, because a lot of parents I know are gonna have questions of, well, I try to talk to my kids. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I ask them how their day was at school. I ask them what they learned today in school. And they say, you know, nothing. I didn't learn anything today. How was school? It was okay. And there's no dialogue. Nothing opens up. You end yes. it at that. <laughs> and then they, but no, I'm saying that's, too many people are ending it at that. Yeah. Yes, like, you're absolutely oh, right. Kids, yeah. kids don't talk anymore. <laughs> yeah. But, it, a really good tip that it works, it works wonders with my kids. Ask them just questions that they could only know the answer to within your family. Mm. Meaning like, so, so who's, who's the loudest kid in your class? Who talks the most in your class? Mm. Oh, well, it's, 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 it's Rob. He's yeah. always talking, the teacher's always talking. Awesome. And you can see them like, just start to lighten up or whatever like that. And it's like, anybody else? Who, who, does it, who do you feel that the teachers kind of gets annoyed of? Who mm. do you think that, oh, that's definitely Mac. Oh yeah, he never does his work. He's always, you know, this God damn man. And they I get trust in, that kid. Every time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but they get into such a dialogue, and then and then there's the, uh, my yeah, kids, because cool. they're a great apart, they'll start comparing at recess. Do you know so-and-so? Yeah, do you ever see him at recess? He always does this. And then it just gets them talking, and they're just, they're so much more open that's than just great. asking those, those close-ended cool, questions. Yeah. yeah. Very but, cool, yeah, I like that. super cool. What would you do well, I don't know if it's happened yet, but if it's happened, um, if your kids get bullied at school, how do you handle that? Do you teach them to handle it? Do you intervene? Do you talk to the teacher? How do you handle that, or how would you handle that? So, for me specifically, there's been a few times where Isabella's been, she's just a freaking little sweetheart, because we've raised her that way, and when she enters into conflict, it's kind of like she's wondering what the hell should I be doing here, because mm. like this person isn't being very nice. And every time that's happened, we kind of put her aside and she usually comes to us because we have a good line of communication with her and, and, and we say, well, listen, you have to tell this person how you feel. 
Anytime someone does something that you don't like, you need to communicate with them that I don't like this. And if they keep doing what they're doing, you go tell the teacher, you come tell me, come tell your mom. This is, this is what it is. First and foremost though, if someone is doing something you don't like, you tell them, stop, stop it. Mm. Stop doing what you're doing. Please stop. Mm. In a stern voice, you tell them, please stop. Mm. And most kids, when they hear the words, please stop in a stern voice, they fucking stop. Yeah. Realistically, they stop. And if they don't, I, I mean, you know what? Like, I'm not this trying to tell my kids no, to go punch somebody in the this face. Is, this is the reality of where, where I think, fuck, kids are so cruel, man. Kids are na like nasty. Like, Kids are so bad these days where they will just rip a kid apart and it's just like, ooh, like that cuts deep. So what if they like made fun of like Isabella's hair and they were like, ha ha, you wear fucking, I don't know, yellow barrettes, like you have barrettes. Oh my God, I can't believe she wears barrettes. You're so, Isabella's not gonna say there, stop, stop. They're gonna say, ha ha, you're wearing yellow barrettes. And it's just gonna be like constant and constant. She's gonna come home and grind like, daddy, I fucking hate these barrettes. I don't wanna wear them again. And then that's, and then that's, that's when you have to have a conversation with your kid and be like, hey, listen, what happened? Why do you think that? Blah, 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 blah. Well, do you think, and then, and then it would just literally come down to, you would have to take the time out of your day, go meet with the teacher, go, go, go say, hey, listen, this is, this is obviously an environment that's not conducive to learning because my kid feels pressured in, in X, Y, Z. Mm -hmm. And then go take the time to go talk to those other parents and be like, you know what? So you actually go talk to the parents then? Heck yeah. Mm. Your kid is representing themselves like X, Y, and Z. They're doing this. Is this the type of individual you want to raise in today's society? Interesting. Do you want to have a Do you want to have a kid that's gonna come and tell other kids and, and tell them that they're they're like this or they're like that or they're like this? Because you know what? It's a reflection of you. Do you agree with that? Oh, 100. Yeah. It happened. It actually happened to my daughter where she one day just she liked school because she always get to see her friends. That's what she liked about school. And then one day she just was upset to go to school. I don't want to go to school. I don't want to go to school. Hmm. I don't want to go to school. Why? You know what I mean? And then, so it was just, it was happening like, you know, this is now probably like the- What grade is she in? She would, this, when this happened, she was in grade two. Uh -huh. And so, so we sat down and we asked her, like, you know, what's wrong? Like, why don't you want to go to school, you know? And then at first it was closed off. I don't, because I just don't want to. I don't want to, I don't want to, right? But anyways, we eventually, over enough questioning and it takes patience, you know, it didn't happen after the fifth question, it yeah. happened after the 50th one, <laughs> that she ended up saying that someone in her class was fucking her. Oh. And it was a particular boy that was that was bothering her. So then we think, well, what is he doing kind of thing? Well, he just likes to follow me around at recess and I don't Creep. like it, you know what Creep. I mean? Exactly. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> Math probably so, again. But anyways, we they, and we our school is really good. So we emailed the teacher because because we got out um, the name of the kid and then that's the circle kind of thing. I'm bringing the kids together and then my son said, "Yeah, I know that kid and blah blah blah. And what's he like?" And mm -hmm. you know, and my son did a little bit of reconnaissance kind of thing. You know what I mean? And so, but anyways, we stepped in. And we said we spoke to the teacher about it and the teacher had a conversation. And luckily that solved the problem and it was kind of dealt with. Mm. But I feel like it has to be, but it comes like, I feel like our school, like our kids are very, um, we have an advantage because most of the parents there care about the kids. Right. Because right. I've been to school, I've been to daycares before where my girlfriend at the time, years ago, 10 years ago, um, worked at a daycare and she was telling about an incident that happened where another kid was kept biting other kids. And at the end of the day, when she said the mom had to come in and sit down with the, you know, the ECA that was in charge or whatever, and the mom's just like, where's the form to sign? Cause I gotta get out of here. Oh. You know, and like that's, you know, but there are yeah, parents like that, are. but it's like, 
that child is God, never going to... Poor kid. Exactly. Poor, poor kid. Because yeah. he doesn't really know right from yeah. wrong and there's no consequences. Yeah. So he's going to continue the behavior. But of course, it all stems from the parents. Yes, of because course. Because he's learned that and it, the, the parents are just enabling him to continue the same behavior. Wow, that's crazy. I love the fact that you guys both take a very active role and that you would get involved because I think it's something that parents wonder. Should I... Like nature versus nurture. It, maybe it's nurture to say, well, I'm going to involve myself in this problem and intervene and, and connect and collaborate with their parents and the teachers and bring us all together. But then there's the other side of things where maybe it's more like nature, where it's just, they're making fun? Cool. Well, this is what I'm going to do to, to, to teach you to defend yourself or to like clap back, so to speak. You guys don't agree with that approach. So let's just say with your boy, for example, if, if someone at school is pushing... It's a very, that's a very easy movie-like scenario i feel like that's not in reality you don't just be like hey like that's that's so something on, but that's wait, 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 let me finish disagree let me finish let me finish so if you're if your kids in, in the playground and the kids are throwing snowballs at him right one kid is throwing a snowball at him and he comes home and he's like man i fucking hate matt he keeps throwing snowballs at me all the time we just say oh you know we gotta go talk to your teacher are you gonna give advice be like fucking throw three snowballs back at him like push him down like would you ever give him that kind of advice to be like stand up for yourself don't allow this kid to bully in, you. In a certain situation, in this situation, yes. when it's like promoting, like that's kind of almost a violent act where throwing snowballs could, you know, snowball itself, uh, no pun intended, to fight, physical fighting, right? Mm -hmm. But if it's in terms of, you know, if the, you know, um, for example, uh, let's say this actually happened with my son where he went to go buy popcorn at the schools, they were having like a popcorn sale or whatever, mm -hmm. and there was actually a teacher, um, a teacher that was, you know, kind of with a student, a grade six or seven student doing whatever the money, and he went, he took $10 of his own money because he wanted to buy popcorn for all of his friends, mm -hmm. and I think it was $2 a bag or whatever like that, and I guess there was some confusion when he gave the money that he thought the money was, she thought the money was from somewhere else, anyways, he ended up only getting one bag of popcorn. And for his $10, and then I said to him, you know, how come you didn't go back and say whatever? And, he, and my son is very, very shy to this day. Right. He's still very, very shy. Yeah. So that's something where I was really trying to, you know, build his confidence to, you know, you need to go talk to that teacher and say, mm -hmm. hey, you never gave me what I was deserved for my money. Cool. You know I mean, yeah. that's a situation where I would be very almost like forceful in the sense of you need to stand up for yourself in these situations. Don't be shy. Mm. You know what I mean? Don't. don't be yeah. like very proud. That's the type. But when it comes to like physical, because that can, in my opinion, really like kind of turn for the yeah. worse in a sense, right? Hmm. That's but, interesting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Makes sense. I like that though. Um, so we're talking about like being an active role in your in your kids' lives and, and how important that is. Um, what about like regulating what your kids do? So getting your yes. kids into sports. Yes. Do you do you, do you do you force your kids into sports? Do you push them into sports? Like for you, like you see a ton of parents who push right. their kids into sports. Uh, maybe some kids gravitate to sports. What do you guys think? Because we've talked about this before. You just have to keep them active doing things. That's literally what it comes down to. You need to like have physical them. activity. No, yeah. just activities so, in general, whether it's piano, whether oh, it's I see, I whatever see, I see. it is. You have to have them have a breadth of things that they're doing. And that's not always an option for everybody, but just keep your kids active. They shouldn't be at home on an iPad 10 hours a day, vegetating on shit. They should be out there doing stuff. But I'm curious to Playing, hear from you, because you, one, don't have children. And two, you see a lot of kids, especially like in sports programs. Do you see um, behavioral differences between kids? Can you tell when mm. parents are kind of better parents per se versus not better parents? Hundred percent. I see kids, some kids, who I 
you know, I, I like I, I have a lot of I've over 900 kids a year that I coach, but I'll see kids that I know their parents and I see how they carry themselves on the soccer field. Um, you know, like they bump a kid down. Oh, I'm sorry. You know, like stop the play and like help them pick yeah. it up. Like for to me to see a seven year old do that, I think is pretty cool. Yeah. But um, and some kids that just run wild. Some parents yelling at their kids from the stands. Um, like I see, I see a huge, a huge gap of, of. Do you see like bad? Like, like do you see? examples of stuff where you see parents you're like oh like that's going to teach your kid like the wrong kind of lesson and do you see examples where you're like hell yeah i'm glad that the parent kind of stepped up and corrected that situation do you see that happen on the soccer field a lot uh, yeah um from a, a, a lot is like you know just a kid falling down and a, and a parent come running over and i think that um is is not the best example. Like, are you boss? Are you coddling. okay? Are you okay? Yeah, coddling. Like coddling thing. That's, that drives that's, me nuts. That's, that's, coddling that's, your kids. No good. Yeah. That drives no good. me nuts. I think it's it's you're not building resilient. You're not building resiliently strong kids and like they're playing a sport. Yeah. You shouldn't be on the fucking field. I don't think. Don't like, ask, get off the fucking field. Don't, don't ask a kid, are you okay? Tell them they're okay. Uh, yeah, hundred okay. percent. Don't you, ask a kid, are you okay? My girl falls down all the time, and I'll be like, get up, you got it, you're good, go, keep going, you got it. I'll see it 10 out of 10 times. You ask a kid, are you okay? They're going to be like, wait, no, no, I'm not. And, yeah. and they'll come running off the bench crying. You tell, you see a kid fall, and you say, don't worry, you're okay, get that ball, get that ball, show me how fast you can run, you know? Get yeah. in. They're going to be like, yeah, I'm getting that ball. Yeah. And <laughs> no time to <laughs> process the pain. They, they, <laughs> That's a good point. They, they forgot they fell. That's a cool and, point, I like and, that. I and like I think, like, I think too, like, you know, a kid, it's nice to get that hug, and yeah. you're okay, sweetie, you're okay, yeah. that hug, that kiss, you know, that little break. Don't make that the norm, because it's yeah. not reality. Yeah. It's, it's not reality. Not, so I like um, that actually. But yeah, but like from 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 that to um, parents forcing uh, forcing sport on their players. Mm -hmm. I had one I have one elite player that I train who's technically gifted who the parent forces of soccer, 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 that's it. And I have to tell him like now I'm comfortable with the family, I'll go tell him like, okay, he we need to get him involved in something else. So he's playing soccer seven days a week. We need to get him involved in something else because you that pressure He's getting to that those teenage years now where he's gonna grow to hate the sport mm. because mom and dad are soccer, soccer, soccer. You know, teach them other sports where they're using you know different mechanics, different. Di they're they're learning different things. Their body's reacting in a different way that they've never trained before, which will ultimately help their them in soccer. But um, I, I don't think it's ever a good idea to force a sport. No. I think every kid should play sports. They should be active, but don't force it. Don't be like, you know, if there's some people who grow up and they've only ever played soccer and they demand that their kid play soccer, like, no, be happy if your kid plays anything. Don't, if you force it, they will grow to hate the sport. You know, there's there's one thing I gotta say about a point that you mentioned, and that's like, like yeah, it's nice to like love your kid, whatever, when they fall down and whatever else. That's not the time when you love your fucking kid. Yeah. You love your kid when nothing else is going on. You love your kid when everything is fine. You go up to them for no reason whatsoever and just show them a whole bunch of love, fucking love. Mm. When your kid is in distress or when they need disciplining or whatever else, that's not the time you show love. Mm. You give them what they need in that moment to get them to cool. be a more resilient person, cool. a better person. Cool. Every other time when they're not in a state where they actually need you to do your fucking job, show them love. I like that. In any other time where you need to actually step up and be a parent, 
Love is not the right answer. Mm. Every other time, that's your opportunity to show love. So you're, I, I like the stimulus you brought. So you guys talked a lot about the importance of asking questions. Then you said, don't ask them, are you okay? So don't ask them questions, said, tell them they're okay. What do you tell your kids to build them up? What do you tell your kids to make them more resilient? Because yes, ask questions to help find the root cause. Ask questions to help you know, discipline them and help them find logic. I, what do you I, tell your kids? I, when things are going well, I show them the love. I will show them, yo, you built this fort? Mm. This is a boss little fort! <laughs> yo, can I get up in this thing? <laughs> yo! <laughs> yo, you know, get out of here! Yo. Yo. And that, that's, that's, yo, I will, I will, I will, what? yo, anytime I have a chance to give them <laughs> a compliment, yeah, yo, anytime I have a chance to give them a compliment, I will. And then every time before they go to bed, I will make sure that I give them some love. I'll give them some love. Specifics, what's, tell, like, how, how people Okay, so, so Jasmine, she's, she's almost two. I will hum to her before, I, I hum a very specific song. And then I kind of just rub her face or whatever and give her some love as she's drinking her bottle. Cute. And she, she completely understands English, so she understands every word that I'm saying. And then I literally, as she's drinking her bottle, I'll say, I, I, Isabel, I mean, Jasmine, I love you very much. And she'll take the bottle, I love you. Like, she, nice she, can, she says it back to me and then and I, I tell her, I was like, you know what, Jasmine, you're the best. Nice. And just make sure that you know you're the best daddy loves nice. you. And, all, and just words of affirmation, nice. lots yeah. of different things. And I'll, I'll just, I'll, I'll spend like maybe 30 seconds. It, it doesn't take a lot, right? It, like 30 seconds of just talking to her, telling her that I love her, uh, sing a little like crap 30 second song to her, tell her that I love her, tell her goodnight, boom, done. Mm. It literally takes me one minute to put my kids to bed. I like that because in a, in a society where kids are being grown up to, to, to learn that they're being told they're not smart enough, they're being told they're not popular enough, they're being told that they're not oh, good man. enough. And society is telling them they're not all this because they're growing up in a society that's all smoke and mirrors and that hurts their ability to be confident in themselves, it hurts their resilience. So it's really important for parents at a young age to tell your kids, even if they're not a young age and you're watching this, your kids are 13, 14 years old, still tell them. Tell them that they're gifted. Tell them, find their strengths and tell them they're gifted in this Absolutely. area. Tell them that they're loved. Tell them whatever. Like, I want to know what you tell your kids because your kids are older. Like, what do you tell your kids? You're very good at asking questions, clearly. What do you tell your kids? I, did, I tell them that, you know, like, I always kind of, again, just tell them that, you know, most situations, especially if, like, they're down, that, you know, everything's going to be okay. You know what I mean? Because sometimes they get, like, frustrated. Specifically, my son sometimes gets frustrated. And was uh, you know everything's gonna be, everything's gonna be okay you know what's the worst case scenario kind of thing and it's always nothing you know what I mean because he's he's a big worrier that's his big downfall yeah. is that he's really worried but I always kind of ask you know what's what's the worst that's gonna happen yeah. you know nothing yeah. you know what I mean I always stress to him too that you know I I always like I'll always love you you know what I mean there's nothing that I won't do for you um, but kind of I don't want to digress too much from from your question yeah. here but a, a good point that uh, I want to make is that. Uh, a lot of people will discipline their children and sometimes I've seen even too much where there's too much discipline and not enough love mm. and Good the point. children are afraid to talk because mm, they're afraid yeah. that they're going to get in trouble yeah. and I Very always important. stress to my kids always that if there's an instance that happens when I don't really know what went on but something happened and I'm trying to get to the bottom of it I, say, I always start off and say if you guys tell me the truth right off the bat no one's going to get in trouble they're, just to open the flow of communication cool. so I, that... I, I say the same thing, just slightly different. What do you say? Oh, yeah. I, I, I say, 
If you tell me right off the hop exactly what happened, you might get in a little bit of trouble. Oh, yeah. But if I find out that you did something and you're not coming, you don't tell me the whole truth, oof. <laughs> you don't even want to know how much trouble you're going to get in. Strike fear. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You don't even <laughs> want to know what I'm going to do. I don't even know what I'm going to do. That's the thing. I don't even know. I, it's, 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 I don't even want to say it's empty threats, but I, like, oh, I, don't empty even, threats. I don't even big, know what I'm Yo, I don't even know what's gonna happen. Nothing. That's what's gonna happen. No, but you have to. That's the thing. You can't. You can't have idle no threats, threats with kids. I agree. You cannot no, have idle empty, threats with kids. Oh, empty yeah. threats is the worst. Yeah. If you say that, you, yeah. that there's consequences for a specific actions, you have to follow yeah. through. So I, I do believe. I, I want to stick on this real quick because I do want to ask you guys. Like, I love the idea that we asked so to teach people out here or to share, not teach, but to share different things that we found valuable. Um, especially you guys. Um, asking questions is important. Telling your kids how much you love them, obviously that positive reaffirmation is super important. Um, I want to dig a little bit deeper though into what you guys tell your kids because you want your kids to grow up a certain way. So what kind of lessons, what are the top lessons, you know, as we kind of wrap up this episode that you want to instill in your kids? What do you want to tell them about the world, about, about discipline, about success, about life? Like, what's the top thing? The world's not fair. Because my kids at an early age are like, you know, always like, oh, that's not fair, you know. And I tell them, you know, when something like that, life's not fair, you know. There's people, there's people, I always use the as an example, there's people like, you know, that have a swimming pool and every toy that you can imagine. And there's some that play with sticks, you know what I mean? Like there's yeah. such a wide variety of kids that have something and don't have. And, you know, what's to say that one kid is better than the other? They're not as a, mm. as a person, right? So it's just, you're going to run into things in life that things aren't fair. Yeah. Um, the other thing is that you have to put in the work together because you know kids will always say, "Oh, I'm not good at this. That's why I don't like it." Right? So I always try to make comparisons too. Well, remember when you first started, you know, playing the video game, or you first started riding your bike, or you know, riding your scooter? Now look at you. You know what I mean? You never would have thought you could have been this good today, yeah. but it requires work. You know, and I try to just instill that, especially if they get kind of like down on themselves. Uh, about not being as good as they would like to be in that moment. Mm. Right? So you're you're at a very different stage of yes. development than I am. Yes. So my lessons are a little bit different. <laughs> well, and the, yeah. so it's just the biggest story. Just to add, yeah. just to finish, is to always treat others like you want to be treated. Oh, if you were on the reciprocating point. end, yeah. Yeah. how would you feel in this situation? I use so that's a specific one that I that I was going to point out. Stole my thunder a little bit. That's a big one. Another one. Uh, so the other two is own your mistakes. Yes. Own your mistakes. Okay. If you made a mistake, it's okay. Yes. But don't, don't, don't beat, beat around the bush here. And the other one is we don't tell lies. So yes. that, that's the biggest one. Own your mistakes and we don't tell lies. They kind of come hand for in sure. hand. And then the other one is treat others how you like to be treated. Of course, yeah. So those are, those are the ones for my for the age category that I'm in. It's huge. I'm constantly reinforcing that type of behavior. I like that. And those lessons aren't even good for kids, man. They're good for adults, yeah. anybody, well, man. Sure. Like Those are good, right. good things in general sure. to instill good philosophies. One thing, yeah. sorry, that I wanted to add that we were talking about earlier and I wanted to kind of bring up and how I can't remember who said it about distractions now and this oh, is yeah. the most distracted, I think you did yeah. it, the most distracted we've ever been. It's really funny because I've seen it in a few different documentaries where they talk about different societies or different kind of cultures, so to speak, and specifically, you know, Amish, Mennonite, um, who else falls into those categories? Um, Hutterite. Hutterite, right? They all are very, very, very low rates of violence within those kind of cultures, mm. very low. And one thing that you gotta kind of almost think about is that 
they don't have distractions, right? A lot of them don't, you know, listen to the radio, watch movies, watch TV. And so what that, in my opinion, what that leaves time for is, is community, yeah. time well, with each other, mm-hmm. right? And it's, it's so funny because you know, they don't, they aren't the ones to quickly drop the fist and, hey, I'm going to bust that kid up with my AK-47 if I just had it here, just kidding, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Th- those conversations don't happen. Not to say that it's not because of the exposure, but they're not distracted by other things that when someone's actually upset, you know, you're not just going to sit in your room and put your headphones on and listen to your to your rap beats or whatever it yeah. is. That you're actually going to sit down at the table or do whatever you're doing, and I'm going to ask you, what's wrong? You know, right. and because I can see you're different, I and mean, you don't have a place to kind of hide, so to yeah. speak. And so I feel that that is a huge. If we can take kind of a little bit of that, you know, as an antidote for our like problem, that. and actually just you know shut off the distractions and sit down and just be in a quiet room and just talk to each other, you know, on board or whatever. We'll start the conversation somehow. And back in the day, what did every family used to do? Dinners, man. Yeah. Dinners together. Sit breakfast, dinners. Yes, 100%. Every time the family ate, everyone would gather around one table. Such a good practice, man. They would say a prayer and then they would start talking about their day, yeah. talking, communicating I with one that. another. I love that. How many families do that today? How many families, when it's time for supper, they all sit down at the same table and communicate? And how many times, if they are doing that, is some some sort of cell phone present, something there, distracting you from that conversation? Yeah, man. So that's kind of one of the biggest things that I think those communities have, that the mainstream, everyone here, isn't necessarily doing that. That's and and me and Ashley talk about doing that, but we even still don't do it as often as we should. It's It's great practice. practice. And when we go and do it, sometimes we'll 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 be in the middle of something and we'll look at each other and be like Fuck, like we really need to should be doing you, you this. You could turn into like when your kids get a little bit older, obviously they're a little young right now. Well not Isabelle, you can get her involved. Like it is, we're cutting stuff, take it and throw it in the garbage. You one know? lesson, if I could take away anything, it is never too young to teach your kid anything. Mm. Never. Ever. Unless they're under one years old. Yeah. Even then, you should still be talking to them. Oh, yeah. You yeah. should still be talking to them that like they're a grown-up person. Never stop talking to your kid like they're a grown-up person. It is never too young. Ever, 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 ever. Never say that. It's so funny. I remember hearing, this was years ago, I remember hearing somebody talking about how they hate when parents talk to their kids like adults. They're just like, I hate it. Like, they're not adults. Don't talk to them like adults. Talk to them like kids. Who would say that? I don't know where I heard that. I think it was one of my colleagues I worked with, but it was a pet peeve of theirs. Mm-hmm. So they were just like, if your kid's a young kid, you should be talking to them like a little kid. Don't talk to them like, this. It just makes me gross to hear little kids being talked to like adults. And I was like, huh. That's interesting. Me having no idea. Well, I mean, like, I, 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 I guess if you're talking to them like, "Yo, listen, motherfucker," well, I'm like, yo, what yeah. up, man? Yo, you gonna pull your dick out and not wipe it? Like, yo, like you know what I mean? Like, we thought we could go one episode without a dick comment or an yeah, no, 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 but listen, that's At my least point. Is say big dick, right? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, if he's my kid, you know that's it. Oh, okay. <laughs> but, but but no, but what I'm trying to say oh, is. <laughs> Just a jackass, a pure jackass. But what I'm trying to, but legitimately, what I'm trying to say is, you talk to them with respect as an adult. If you talk to them like a jackass, like I was just saying, that's obviously that's just showing them. Yeah. They they learn from you. They learn from your behavior. So if you act like a jackass at home, guess what? They're gonna start acting like jackasses. And there's so many studies now. Well, they know that like kids up to like age seven or whatever. They're in this alpha brainwave state as opposed to beta where they're so much absorbed just like a, a two, three-year-old can pick up 
three or four languages within a family so much easier once they're an adolescent yeah. because yeah, yeah. they're just in that different like absorption of brain state and that's why they do act a little neurotic sometimes yeah. when they're not really rational so you gotta all take that obviously hand in hand but honestly yeah, yeah. The biggest takeaway obviously for sure is be patient love and discipline love you that. cracking that already may as well this is shit's winding down. It is winding down, actually. It's a good point. So, actually, so you you shared your biggest takeaway. Your biggest takeaway. What's your biggest takeaway today? Well, th- honestly, this conversation took so many twists and oh, turns, geez, yeah. uh, which I think is okay. I'm not so sure I shared my biggest takeaway. I was oh, about okay. to say. We'll come back. I was to about you to then. say. Yo, yeah, we yo, we'll come yeah, back. Come to you. back. Come back. Um, yeah, like this. This went all kinds of ways. Uh, there's lots of good stuff, but um, I think like you guys talking about how you raise your kids and. Like just kind of putting it, putting that out there, and getting people thinking. Like, you know, I agree with I agree with your your guys's philosophies and what you're doing here. But uh, um, just yeah, communication. I like I I think that's such a problem in today's today's world, and I think everyone needs to analyze how they communicate, how their kids are communicating, how much time is being spent on devices. Yeah. Totally, lots of different things. It's a a big issue. You know, it's funny, when I think about the biggest, like my top golden nugget from here, the the 24-7, you're a parent 24-7. You don't get it, you don't get get a time off. You're a parent 24-7 from the moment you wake up to the moment you go to bed. When you decide, and even then, you decide to have kids, your life is for them. Exactly, so that's the first one. The second one that I love that I keyed in on was getting great at asking questions and being patient while doing so, and getting great at telling your kids that build them up, that build their confidence, that show them their love. Tell your kids the stuff that's going to build them up and ask them Empowering questions to dig, yeah, to, to dig deeper. Ask questions telling them things in your parent 24-7. I love those. Yeah. Great takeaways. Yeah. What's your biggest one, man? Yo, listen. Everyone needs a bazooka. No. Oh, here right, we go. Right, right. But, but it, reality, though, it's a mix of discipline and love. That's legitimately what it all comes down to. It's a mix of discipline and love. You always need to be on guard disciplining your kids. And at the same time, when you're not doing that and everything is right and rosy, show them how much you love them. Totally, man. I love that. Those are the two biggest things. Love that. So if you take anything from this whole fucking episode, yeah. take that right there. I think that's awesome. And I think that uh, when we talk about, we started off this discussion because we were so interested in the, the, the whole shooting thing. And I love how it kind of gravitated because I think in the end it really comes down to these kids are growing up maybe without you know proper parenting. And we think that's parenting, and we think that parenting is such a big thing here. And I think there's a lot that we could learn from this um, in terms of how to be great parents, but even just how to be great human beings. I think a lot of things you guys shared was so key. So let's recap one thing. So obviously we can't solve the world's parents' problem. Maybe they can put something in for schooling or whatever else when it comes to some shit like that. Yeah, we didn't do our wine sponsor today, did we? Gonna do it at the end. Oh shit. <laughs> oh shit. Um, yeah, but um, I mean, realistically, do a quick 30 seconds. Each of us do a quick 30 seconds. What can the United States do right now, in your opinion, to lessen gun violence, lessen these mass shootings? Fuck. What, what can they do? My, my opinion, I'll, so I'll give you guys a second to think about it. My opinion is make, the, make gun owners jump through some hoops to get guns. That's it. Don't outlaw anything. People want to buy a bazooka, let them buy a bazooka. Grenade, let them buy a grenade. I, I, arms of war, let them buy that shit as much as oh they want. God. Honestly, let them buy that shit as much as they want. But make them jump through hoops to get them. You can't, shouldn't show up at a Walmart and buy a grenade, right? But if there was a two week long process to get a grenade or a sniper rifle or an AR-15 or whatever else, 
where uh, multiple different departments are involved in terms of uh, being able to pass a course and talk to a counselor and have the police come and inspect your premises and then you get your firearm, I think you would personally yeah. dramatically decrease the amount of mass shootings. But if they, if they were to survey the, the guns that were used for these mass shootings, wouldn't these people have been, you know, you know, cognizant enough in their abilities to obtain these permits and license to get the weapon? But but at the same time, if you needed to talk to a, a yeah, qualified they're not, counselor, they're not. But they're, that's that's you're asking. That's impossible. Why? Okay, you're gonna, to Why does it need to be that? To interview, but who's to say that person wouldn't pass that that questionnaire that they're gonna like? like I understand what you're saying. Well, well, but it has to start somewhere. So say we have, say we set all this up, okay, and then we have a mass shooting. Then we start diagnosing, okay, what worked and what didn't work here. Hey, when this person went to the counselor, what what were the oh, notes yeah, here, right? right? right what right. were the notes here? What, what what were the learned behaviors that we saw here? Hey, when, when they when they had the what course, they when, when they had the course, what what questions did they answer? How did they answer them? And what were their test scores? When the police showed up their house, what did the police see and whatever else? Right now, we don't have any data to analyze. That's why this is a whole clusterfuck, because we don't really have any data pointing us in the right direction. So if we put some of these stop blocks in place, if it happens again, at least we're going to have some data to look at and be like... I know what you're saying, yes. And it's not like we're removing the firearms. We're not saying you can't have them. Just let us gather some data so that we can figure out who these motherfuckers are to stop the other ones. Alright. No, I see what you mean. Like, like in a sense, almost like if you were to take like uh, like an anger management kind of questionnaire, right? And even like uh, reasons why you're wanting to obtain the weapon when you right. plan to use it, etc., yeah. etc. But you couldn't even see a pattern. I understand yeah. what you're saying, and these could be very ambiguous questions. But then they may even be to the point where. You know them lying. I'm buying this because I'm a gun collector. I'm buying this because um, uh, totally. I, I do this. I do this. They may find a pattern amongst these people. And, right? and when you start plugging those, uh, when you yeah. start plugging those yeah, answers man. into an in, in, in AI like the IBM Watson or whatever else yeah. that's going to diagnose all of these various answers, it, it could be I, very quickly you can find correlations to people that require further investigation before they actually are able to get their firearms. Like it just when you just rate the scoring system. Like it, it's not that complicated of an issue. But the, before everything, it's not? no, no, no. To start, to start, to start, to start solving the problem, right? To start solving the problem, it's not that complicated. You just need to put some stop blocks in place. And once you've done that, then you can start figuring things out. But if you're not willing to do anything, it's just going to be an enigma. I think the challenge, keep, I think the challenge is, I think the challenge is also a lot, a lot of political as well, a lot of money. Like, if you look at where the money's flowing, I mean, I don't know jack shit if this is true or not, but there's so many articles out there that say like the NRA supports, you know, right. this political party, and they give X amount of millions to this. So you don't necessarily want to start stepping on these guys' foot. So, so, the so, here's, the so here's the question. Like, so, but if that's the case, here's the question. So they don't give anything to the. the I'm assuming they don't give anything to the Democrats, the NRA. So if that's the case, they don't give anything to the Democrats. Why aren't these guys out there, out there trying to change the laws? Why aren't they? Why didn't when Obama had all three levels of government? Why didn't Why didn't he make gun legislation a thing? Yeah. It, well, maybe I'm ignorant. Maybe well, he did. I don't, I don't I understand, know. But I didn't even see that would even be a good business if you were to start just to become a regulator. You know what I mean? The taxpayers wouldn't chip in for this not to happen. Well, we're going to increase your, ta your taxes by $10 a year, but now we're going to implement these types of legislations, you know what I mean, or these type of regulations, you know what I mean, for people to have guns, you know what yeah. I mean? 
Hey, create jobs right there. They, hey, every 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 gun shop has some sort of regulate. I don't know. There's all kinds of ways. person go is going to say, no, I'm I'm choosing to waive yeah. my my uh, my fee for ten dollars. I don't want to participate because I'm okay with what's going mm -hmm. on. Then let them figure it out. Regardless, mm -hmm. I think we could sit here and debate like which direction it goes in. I have no idea. So you ask me like, what would you do? I have no fucking idea. Why? Because I'm ignorant. I don't know enough about it. And, and honestly, this is going to sound really bad, but I I, I don't care that much. But I don't, honestly, I don't just, because I, I don't care because I know that that's, again, we come down to circle of influence, circle of concern. Does that concern me? Yes, but I know that I'm not going to enact any change on it. And it's not, it's not even in my country. So I'm not going to focus on that. So I don't know. So I'm not even going to research and I'm not going to think about it because it's just outside of my circle of influence. I'm not going to influence it. So I'm not going to give it energy. That's just the way it is. And that might sound like, well, oh, that's just ignorance is bliss. Well, okay, cool. Ignorance is bliss then. I'm, I'm okay with that. I got to ask and beg the question to, to viewers and everybody here. Remember when 9-11 happened? Remember how much security increased in airports? Tons like overnight? Yeah. That obviously costs a lot of money. Yeah. You know what I mean? And from what? From three, was it three planes? Four. Well, it was four planes total. One hit the ground. Right. Yeah. Four planes hijacked. Yeah. Security, I'm sure, was in the, like, doubled in cost overnight. You yeah. know what I mean? From no fluids to yeah. the higher searches, everything. Right? Like nail was, clippers, all that right, stuff. Yeah. Right. From, from, four, from four hijacks. Yeah. You know what I mean? How many shootings do we have to have before the, the level of security gets amped up? It's a good you point. I mean? It's a good point, man. So it's funny. So when We're do things hit a when did when do things hit a fever pitch yeah. where all of a sudden it's like, okay, now we need to make change. When's the well, pain? Well, I, I think the political climate is slowly changing. I mean, I, I've heard Trump say some comments already. I'm not convinced he's actually going to do anything. Nah. But I mean, you, you, I feel like the climate There's is changing. It, it needs to it, it needs to be driven by the citizens. Yeah, and I don't know yeah. why it needs to be like, driven by the citizens. I know, like even here in Canada, like when that uh, uh, was it C63, 6068, whatever that bill was that passed for mm. registered guns, then it fell through, and now you don't have to have a registered gun if it's a rifle. Or, but why are people so afraid to have our vehicles are registered? Yeah, you know, like, I know. So what's it? Our our health cards, everything is like kind of registered. What's the problem? Yeah. It's like there's that saying, you know, people only hide uh, people hide. People that have stuff to hide, people, what's it say? Only people who do a wrong thing have things to hide. Yes, yeah. People if you're not doing anything wrong, you shouldn't have anything to hide. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah exactly. Point. So why not? Why not register it? If I'm a hunter and I like to have 26 guns because, you know, I like all these different types of rifles, or I'm a collector and I have 100 guns, so what? Yeah. Let them be registered, you know? Interesting. I, I, listen, I... I I have no idea why someone wouldn't want to have every single gun registered. That's beyond ridiculous to me. I don't know if that's actually the way it is in the States. I would assume that a, everyone in the States has to register no, their guns. No, no what? registration, no permits. Are you fucking 30, kidding? 32 or 33 in the States. You don't need a permit. You don't need a permit. You don't need a permit and you don't need a license. I mean, I mean, the only listen, thing you need is a license to carry a concealed weapon. Uh, you listen, I, 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 apologize, I apologize to anyone that's watching this from the United States, but can we get real here, guys? Like, you're not going to register your firearms. You're not going to say that. You don't have to, though. Well, really? Really. They, when did they disband that? That must have been recent. Ago. No, a couple years ago. Two years Why ago, not? then? No. Handguns, yes. Restricted firearms, you need. Unrestricted, you oh, need. Oh, so just like a hunting Long rifle. Guns. Right, exactly. But, but rifle. difference between a hunting rifle and a sample rifle, there's no difference. Well, that's true. You know what I mean? But they're, they're, they are kind of the same weapon. They are. They are exactly just the same. One has a scope. 
They both have scopes. Well, yeah. Well, well, they, well I mean, yeah. One one fires a lot further. But that's just based on the caliber and the amount of uh, sure. grain that you have in the shell. Yeah. Like, well, no, but it's I mean, yeah, but nobody's going into a Walmart with a sniper rifle. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> right? Like, right. like that. Yeah, like, like that dude would get tackled. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's it's that's not conducive to any kind of mass shootings. No, I so, agree. I agree. So maybe, maybe, I don't know. Fair enough. Maybe I'm a little ignorant. I don't know. Uh, maybe there's a little bit of ignorance overall. I mean, we just, huh. we don't know enough and there's such a layered debate, but in the end, I, I love where the discussion went when it comes down to, you know, what can you do to take control? What can you do to have an impact? And I think a big piece of it is, listen, a lot of this is happening with our kids. So, yeah. so what can you do with your kids? If you're an adult watching this, then maybe take something away from this and be a, be a better parent. Be a better parent for your kids so that they don't grow up in a society where, yeah, be a better role model where they don't have to grow up in a society that's like that. But in any case, that's episode 10 of Brain Jiu-Jitsu with the Brain Jiu-Jitsu crew. Again, we didn't, we missed no, this from this the very is, beginning. This is our sponsor. I mean, we didn't drink it, so it's going to be our sponsor next week. So the sponsor this week was a recommendation to me. And uh, I was always saying, if you give me a light bottle, I don't know why, I just feel like it's cheaper. I don't know why. If I get a dark bottle, I just feel like it's better. It's just weird like that. But anyways, this is the Beach House. Tastes like a holiday in a glass. Lively, succulent, true. red, and blackberries and cherries. Perfect summer fruit with a seductive spice yeah, and bad. a hint of oak. It wasn't bad. It, it wasn't, wasn't bad. It was bad it's the color of the bottle. It's Brandon. He's 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 thrown off. That that then he brought this, so he's he's biased. And it's a gamay. He loves gamay. Let's, so listen, listen. Everyone likes black, right? No. That's what we're gonna say. No, I saw. Once you go black, you don't go back. Is that what we're gonna say? Black is the juice. I don't know. All right, that's this week's episode of Brave Jiu Jitsu. This is.